Welcome back to the Nuts and Bolts podcast. Tonight's guest, Wayne Flower from Aloft Hobbies. What's up, Wayne? Excited to be here, guys. Yeah, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it. <laughs> no guest has ever said that before. I'm pumped up. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> okay. Starting out good already. Yeah. <laughs> good start. <laughs> I think I should go get a beer right now, though. Yeah, you, you probably should. You definitely need a beer. We we got at least three on you. Yeah, just, we're yeah, all you just starting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm two hours behind you guys. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> that explains it. I was gonna say I'm gonna have to refill this glass of whiskey for too long. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, well, let's talk about our weeks a little bit. You guys been doing anything, Chloe? What have you been up to? Oh. Well, last weekend, traveled out to Tyler, Texas that was a good for time. the East Texas Extreme Flight 3D Fun Fly, hosted by Ben Fisher and the Tough Club. Uh, went out there on Thursday night, flew Friday, Saturday, and drove home on Sunday. Uh, it was an excellent event. Only thing bad about it was I forgot what humidity was like. <laughs> Holy shit, was it bad. No humidity kidding. was unreal sunday we were packing up it was horrible man oh dude it's like that humidity where you just walk outside and instantly sweat yeah <laughs> um, it sounds like oshkosh every year oh it dude was, it was brutal it was rough but uh other than that the flying was really good the wind was favorable all weekend uh the uh the weather you know overall was really good other than the temps and the humidity but uh field was okay and uh, lots of really good people out there, a lot of really good flyers, cool airplanes. Being an extreme flight event, it was predominantly extreme flight aircraft. Uh, there was a couple of uh, flex airplanes mixed in there, uh, some old school 3D hobby shops and stuff like that. There even was a, a guy flying, uh, I think it was a four-star 40 mm-hmm. on 72 out there. Yep. Um, so there was a, a little bit of a mixture, but... Again, mostly uh, extreme flight stuff. But uh, since then, uh, I'll go ahead and announce it. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Falgu and myself made a deal on a scale heli. So I will be traveling to Cajun Huckfest and uh, buying a Vario Bell 206 Jet Ranger yeah. from Johnny D. That's going to be cool. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm kind of cool with that one. <laughs> the 206 that would be the uh the the tv show helicopter would it not be um yeah a lot of uh news channels use the 206 or the 407 yep okay now what it's not a blue thunder or anything no <laughs> no that no. i'm sorry the, the, your conversation was the, uh, the other one oh it's yeah. definitely not an airwolf <laughs> it's not a 222 <laughs> no it's much yeah. cooler yeah. than an airwolf he, he yeah. and i would have been fighting over it if it had been a 222 especially <laughs> for the i'm not gonna say what i paid for it but yeah, Matt would have probably drove to Oklahoma mm-hmm. to kick my ass for that one. Yep. You know what? Yeah, I'd have been on the way to Louisiana. On your face, that's all that matters. I'd have been driving uh, to Louisiana to beat you to it. Yeah, well, it's so, a it's a sick you. ass heli. It's going to be cool. If you guys know anything about scale helis, Vario is right up there at the top in terms of uh, and I may be pronouncing it wrong. It may be Vario, but they're right up at the top of uh, the echelon in terms of quality. So. Really nice heli. Uh, it's got the mechanics, the servos, ESC and motor included. Um, and it's already been painted in OD green. Did he I have mean, any blades? Yeah, blades are on it. Okay, yeah. good. I didn't see him on the head that when he saw the video of it. So, No, I think uh, I think it's kind of customary. I know with uh, 
with the Vario blades that I've got, um, I was cautioned mm-hmm. not to store them on the helicopter. Yeah, yeah it makes sense. Um, you actually want to store them hanging vertically so that they don't warp. Because yeah. if I'm not mistaken, they're fiberglass rather than carbon fiber. Yeah, they're different for sure. Yeah. So I would imagine he's got them stored somewhere. Um, he's down there in the neck of the woods with uh, Eric Babineau. And Eric is, you know, multi-time national champion, heli builder. Um, so he, I imagine uh, Johnny was instructed on how to properly store it and take care of it and all that. Right. Well, it's got 800 blades on it. I think no. so. It's uh, sure. the one six scale is what yeah. we come up with based off the measurements that Johnny sent me. Well, yeah. it looks huge. Yeah. It looks oh, big. yeah. It's a big heli for sure. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's an 800 class um, is what they consider that. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be sweet. Um, we're we're going to have to I'm plan ahead about it. When we load up for Huckfest, uh, then we can get it back. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's why he sent me the measurements is he said, make sure you save room right? whenever you come down. And I was hoping I was going to get him to go to Ice House because I'll have my trailer at Ice House where if we go to uh, Lafayette, I'll probably have just take the Honda. Right. So, but yep, yep. yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, cool. Yeah, I'm say I was at it, at the extreme flight fun fly with uh with Clay and uh, the Ducias were there and Johnny uh, Falgu and Tim Hansteen from Northwest had flown down. I think he was hanging out with Ben for the week. And even uh, Tim, yeah, even even Super, even Tim. Super Tim, yep. <laughs> and uh, it was a good time hanging out with all those. Uh, Jason Donhockel was up there. Uh, a couple of others. Oh. But, Oh boy. A- <laughs> that Saturday night though. Oh boy. Oh, dude, that's one that's one for the books, man. That was uh that was epic. I feel I feel bad for missing it for that and that only. Dude, yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> we knew it was gonna be good when he was like, if this place has garage doors on it, and then we pull up and it does, <laughs> that's that's when it started to get really good. But anyway. Oh boy. Um, <laughs> he has a natural uncanny fact of calling things before they happen. Dude. Uh, well yeah that's a story for another time but anyway um it was it was a good time it was a really good time uh but uh but yeah that was a sunday packing up actually saturday evening and stuff man it was just humid and the wind had died off we could have used a breeze and uh it just it it started to get miserable till the sunset and then uh sunday like i said loading up it was just you step out of the truck and you're sweating immediately so uh made it a little bit rough that last day, but like I said, we were just loading up to come home. So, uh, it was a good trip though. Uh, definitely a good time down there. Uh, they had 60 some, I think I was pilot number 63 or 64. So, uh, they had 65 or 70 pilots registered, which was a lot for the, the small field that they had there. Uh, but, uh, it was a really nice place. Uh, good setup. Um, so you registered late like usual. It was a good time. Well, I just didn't walk down yeah. the registration table. <laughs> No, we had At to least go I was to there. Walmart because Matt <laughs> that, forgot to pack his t- Oh, listen. Burn. Oh, listen. that's that's right. No, this is this makes it even better. So <laughs> Matt forgot to pack his t-shirt. So we go to Walmart so he can just grab a couple cheap t-shirts. And I find one that has Black Panther on the front of it. And I like you gotta do it. 
So we walked around the whole Saturday wearing a T-shirt that said Black Panther. Had the Black Panther That's logo awesome. from the comments on it. <laughs> oh, black, black and purple. Yeah. Jeez. Okay. Uh, walks up to me. She's like, "All right, can't ever remember your name, but from now on, you're the Black Panther. You're Panther. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, like, awesome. I, I like it. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was it hey, was that, epic. That's why we that got reminds, there late. <laughs> that reminds me. That reminds me of a joke. Uh oh. Yeah. Not, hey, the not. last joke you were reminded of. <laughs> We 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 regret. Yes. This was clean. This one's way cleaner, dude. Not not. <laughs> Who's there? Who's there? Panther. 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 Who? Panther. No panther. I'm going swimming. <laughs> oh. oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh. We re- we regret that one too. Yeah yeah. <laughs> it wasn't near as bad as what you thought it was going to be though. I, no, could edit it out, but I could edit it out, but we all know I'm not gonna. So, yeah. Um, but anyway, that was pretty much about all I've done. Uh, I can't think of anything else that I have. I've been messing playing with the resin printers for the last week. Uh, it's all I've been doing since I got back from uh, Tyler. So, but anyway, hobby. yeah, Print hobby stuff or I, well, kind of. I'm doing a couple of pilot uh, figures for uh are working on some for Mark's uh, 106 inch Raven uh, right now and seeing if we can make that work. But uh, I bought a bigger uh, resin printer and any cubic uh, mono X and I had them on sale. So uh, it's about three times the size of the build plate of my old one. So uh, it opened up a whole lot of, whole lot of stuff. And uh, I've been downloading files ever since. That's going to create some learning curve, isn't it? yeah yeah and it's it's a hobby all in itself it becomes a black or a a deep dark hole real fast so yeah we run a little print farm at our shop but i haven't messed with the resins at all yeah i've well i have five fdm printers too so yeah yeah i feel your pain but uh (laughs) but anyway they're fun yeah they are Um, the best thing to do is you get an employee that likes doing it and then you're done that's what i need that's exactly (laughs) what i need because when they become a headache they get pushed off into the corner and i'll mess with it later and go to the next one you know so yeah, yeah. um but uh but yeah they can definitely cause me a lot of headaches sometimes but anyway yeah. that's about all i've been up to jason what have you been doing uh anything good for the last two weeks i have no flown i don't think i've flown within the last two weeks um <gasps> yeah i know sucks uh I rebuilt the landing gear. I not rebuilt, but I, I had to modify the landing gear on the Vulcan. I told you guys about that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yep. You you um, were getting a strut ordered the last time we talked about it, I think. So I, I was going to, and in talking to the the manufacturer, um, which they don't they don't manufacture the airplane. The only thing they actually provided it completely built was the landing gear for the aircraft. The aircraft is just plans. But anyway, the the landing gear. Um, he showed me a picture of the, the, they don't make the landing gear that I have anymore. They, they modified it. And I was sent a picture of the modified landing gear. And I realized that I could do it myself, essentially the modifications that they made with a, a couple extra modifications. So I, I rebuilt my landing gear in the last week and a half or so. And it's back on the airplane, and that caused a ripple effect. I had to modify my doors just a little bit, but it's all good right now. It's sitting there and ready to go. Um, So the Vulcan's back up and ready. Sweet. And uh, I continued sheeting the B-52. The tail's got a little bit of sheeting on it, and I 
finished my design for the uh, vertical stabilizer, which is going to be completely removable, just like the horizontal stabs. Nice. And uh, so, will it yeah. have the rudder servo in the stab then, or what? Yeah, more than likely, the rudder servo will be in the stabilizer just for simplicity. Gotcha. Jason's an engineer, man. I wish I could do half the cool stuff this guy does. <laughs> man, I wish I had more time. <laughs> yeah, right. It's the only yes. thing they're not making more of, brother. I know it. Okay. It is a limiting factor. <laughs> well, yeah, that's that's about it. Cool. Awesome. Good to good to see you making progress on that B fifty two. Still, we're still hoping for the maiden before the end of the year. So, I'm trying, man. So hurry it up, will you? Yeah, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> no Appreciate it. Man, no pressure. That, hey, no pressure, dude. That's that's a hell of an undertaking, dude. There ain't, <laughs> there ain't nobody on this call or on this show right now that could be doing what he's doing. No, period. no, not yeah. at all. I've only been working on this thing since two thousand seven. Uh, not quite that long, <laughs> but, but close, very close. Like 2010, 2011, something like that. They, they take what they take, man. You, you yeah, got yeah. lots in your shop now, so you can see what you're doing. I do, man. The LEDs are awesome. You can do <laughs> surgery in here. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yep. well, that's cool. Well, Casey, what have you been doing, brother? Besides working? Oh, man. I'm, well, I'm a total loser. So I've still got this uh, Swift S1 that I got uh, from Law sitting on the table. I, I'm at the point of committing. I just got to epoxy some stuff into some spots, but I, I just can't pull the trigger on it. I look at it every day and I reposition and move stuff around. And I just, it goes I together commit. pretty quick. It really does. It, I mean, it really does, but it's one of the things that I'm OCD and I just, I'm, yeah. I'm afraid I'm going to screw it up, and I've never, I've never put anything together like this. I've never put together a full molded, you know, fiberglass fuselage glider, I, dude. And it's, yeah. dude, like the ARPs that I'm used to putting together, dude, you slap some servos in there and run some wire, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is this is a little bit different, and I'm I'm I've got more servo than what it probably needs. I'm trying to make that work. I'm I, I'm an overachiever, and yeah. things like that. But no, it's it. I mean, great plane. Uh, it, Dude, it is easy. I'm just dragging my feet because I just don't want to commit. And then I ended up buying a pickup truck, and I'm trying to do a freaking build on a truck right now, and that's kind of taking a lot of my time. So nothing to do with RC, but that's what I've been working on. It kind of has something to do with RC because now you can haul a 42% the bed, and we right. have to remind you that you have a truck. You're like, well, I can't <laughs> right. haul yeah, this totally, in my Honda. Totally <laughs> well, man, what True happened was my, right, my big plane hauler was my, uh, I had a 98 Toyota 4Runner with like 350,000 miles on it. My son finally killed it. And uh, so I had to find something else to haul airplanes around in. Because, I mean, my Civic, dude, the 35cc, no problem. But some of this bigger stuff, that, man, what's bad that doesn't even run because I'm too lazy to work on it. But yeah, and, you, and used trucks are so cheap right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> here's the deal. No, yeah, here's yeah, here's the deal. I work at a dealership, so this is one we were sending to wholesale because it needed more work than what we were willing to put into it. Yeah. And I stole I stole it, you know. Nice. So I've got a it's a little 06 Chevy Colorado regular cab, four cylinder gas getter. I mean, it's 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 what yeah. I would want, you know. And uh so I've totally it's been at the body shop all week. Uh clear coat was peeling on it, it was one of the main reasons I was sending it to wholesale. 
and it was going to cost more to put a paint job on it and fix that than what we wanted to put into it. So yeah. uh, I've wrapped, I've, I've vinyl wrapped vehicles and things like that. So it's at my buddy's body shop right now. He's sanding all the clear coat down and resealing it for me. And I'm going to wrap this thing this weekend. I got some 20 inch wheels on the order and I'm blowing it two, three drop. So doing a little, <laughs> doing a little, doing a little truck build in between some RC stuff. Yeah. Well, and you got a camper shell. I mean, camper yeah, shell is a necessity yeah. for an RC guy. So that's yeah. awesome. Get little Craigslist find for a regular cab. Co- what, dude, that's a little bitty unicorn in itself, dude. And I find a freaking camper shell on Craigslist for freaking 200 bucks. I'm like, yeah, I got to have that. So, yeah, well, yeah. Well, the funny part about that was, is the guy's like, yeah, I haven't had much movement on it. So I'll just sell it to you for less than what I, <laughs> and I think right, you were dude. like, dude, I was good at that price. And then he lowered yeah, it without dude, it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, man. I never get yeah, that deal. <laughs> right. He had it online for 300 and I called the guy like, man, I'm interested in your bed cover, dude. Can I come over and check it out? Yeah. I haven't got much moving on. If you want it, you can have it for two before I even looked at it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then the dude helped me load dude. So I drive my truck over there and we pull it off of his truck, put it on the mine, lets me borrow a wrench and tack it all down and everything and give him 200 bucks. And he's like, man, I appreciate it. Just happiest dude in the world. And I'm sitting over here going, man, I stole this thing and I didn't even try. Cause I'm going <laughs> to do I, dude, I'm a barter guy, dude. I'm the dude going into Walmart. Like, yeah, I'll buy that bicycle, but it seems like it has a scratch on it from where you guys put together. Can I get 10% off? I'm that guy, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so I was, I didn't even talk this guy down. I gave him his money and I went away and I got a camper shell and I'm happy about it. Yeah. Because I kept saying camper shell, it cost me 1500 bucks if I was to buy a new one. Like, yeah, $200, all good. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. That's awesome. It's going to be cool. Awesome. Truck. That dude, this. The wrap is going to be cool. Those wheels, it was, yeah. it's going to look good when it's done. It's going yeah, to be like an old school mini trucking rig, you know. Absolutely, I'm '90s mini trucking. That's what I'm doing. That's that's yeah. the that's the focus. And yeah. I man, I just got my wrap material today. I plan on wrapping it this weekend. I got my wheels on order, which are on freaking nationwide back order. There's only two in the United States, but those two yeah. are mine. I'm wait, I'm waiting on the other two. You're not yeah. you're not bagging it or anything, are you? No, no. Uh, I'm, so no I'm, California I mean, lean. No, no, man. I just did a, I just did a two, three drop. Cause man, I plan on driving this thing. I mean, I can't go off road or anything like that. But for most of the stuff that I do, uh, it, it should work just fine. Nice. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, I wouldn't want to have another bagged vehicle and have to drive through Oklahoma City. No, not on a particularly two forty. <laughs> well, man, dude, I- like just like driving a three quarter ton four wheel drive down two forty is brutal in a half ton or mini truck bagged on rubber bands, like my, uh, my full size had those 35 series tires. Yeah. Dude, y- you want to see me mad, put me in one of those trucks and go down two forty. Right. <laughs> which, which man I'm hoping. So I'm doing a mild lowering kit really. And I'm running 20 inch wheels. Uh, I think I'm doing two forty five forty fives on it. So it's got enough rubber on it. I shouldn't be hitting potholes and bending shit up. And right. it should ride pretty decent. Man, really, the, a really big ride difference. Uh, when I put that camper shell on there, the added weight of that really, really kind of smoothed it out. So I oh, might yeah. even be a little bit of a jackass and throw some sandbags in the back just to get a little more weight back there so it rides a little better. It makes a difference. <laughs> yep. 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 For sure. Well, cool. Was well, something else that, uh, that that reminded me of, uh, actually, whenever Jason was talking, Uh, I wanted to hit on it pretty good or just real briefly rather. Um, So Jason and I attended a city council meeting 
for the city of Lindsay last Monday. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's been since the last show. And man, we're, uh, we're making moves on Superfly. And so we're, we're getting there. Uh, have Slip faith in us. Dipping. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you guys keep, stay with us. Have faith in us. Uh, Superfly is gearing up to, to be a go. Um, as it is right now, a few of the things that we had kind of hoped to be able to pull off might not get to happen this year. Uh, we had a guy uh, essentially leave us high and dry. And, oh, dude, promised us the world and kind of like backed out yeah, last minute. So we're, but we're making it work. And so we're moving forward with it. Um, there's definitely a lot of things in the background going on, uh, but we've had some, some really good people come through for us and are helping us out. Um, looks like we're going to have a few people, uh, show up out there. We've got, you know, I made a couple posts asking, you know, who all is going to be there. And, uh, we for sure got a lot of local guys. We've got Ben Fisher coming in. Uh, unfortunately the Ducias were too busy. They're going to get ready for a Tucson shootout. Uh, otherwise, uh, I think Casey and John and Jace would have came up for that. Uh, they're a ton of fun to hang out with. Uh, dude, they're some of the coolest people I've ever met, man. I mean, and dude, Jace is one of the top pilots in the world, and you would never even know it just hanging out bullshitting with him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Very, very humble fellow. Right. And anyway, so we got we, we do got Ben Fisher. Um, if you guys listen to the show, you know he's a he's a lot of fun. Uh he's even more fun in person. And uh just a really good guy to know and talk to. So, um, but yeah, we got, uh, we, you know, who else we're going to have in there? Carrie Howard. No. Oh man. What? He's not going to fly yeah. though. Well, no, he doesn't have an airplane, <laughs> but Carrie Howard even booked a hotel room and everything. Really? Wow. Yeah. I, CFH dude, I, in the house. I can't believe it, dude. It's unreal. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, be good to hang out with him. Yep. I haven't seen him Absolutely. in a minute. So, yeah. well, man, yeah, so there, there, yep. there's going to be oh, a lot ahead, of Casey. people show, Oh yeah. There's going to be a <laughs> lot of people showing up. This is actually, man, it's like the biggest underground, but it's above ground deal that we'll have in Oklahoma period bar none. And we plan to grow it out from here. So you're, I mean, if you come to this event, uh, you're getting in on the ground floor of something that's going to be big. Yep. Sweet. And uh, for those guys that, have jets or no guys with jets let them know we've got yeah, all the runway you could ask for yeah uh, more than you need yeah it's not gonna just be 3d i mean the whole premise of superfly is sh- bring what you got show up and have fun if you don't yeah. have fun you might get asked to leave right so that's the requirement is to have fun right. uh but if you want to fly scale you want to fly helis you want to fly jets you want to fly 3d bring it you're gonna have fun it's gonna be a good time and uh if somebody's causing a problem they're gonna get asked to leave so everybody's gonna play nice and it's gonna be a good time yeah if you're a karen you need to go to the freaking dinner at furs at four o'clock and go get in your hotel room because (laughs) after hours activities are gonna blow your fucking mind yeah so and i know a few people have asked about uh amenities uh so i've been asked about camping we are camping on the field there's a hydrant on the field for water. Um, I've not been told no on any of this yet. So just go ahead and let's count on it being there available. Um, 
so bring your campers you'll be able to fill it with water yep. on site um i don't know about dumping campers um i'm sure we can find something on that it's still in the works uh a few of us have booked hotel rooms we got a group rate at the best western it's about three minutes from the airport over to the hotel um right next to that is a walmart and a mcdonald's uh there's a boomerang breakfast diner that i'm sure there will be at least one morning we make it out to the to boomerang uh jason and i tried out the mexican restaurant in town not bad uh, yep. so man what what i'm hearing are there are zero excuses not to make this event right and as far as like you're not going down some crappy dusty road it's all paved roads and highways there it's three minutes from gas food ice beer all those things so, I mean, legitimate yeah legitimately we shut down a full-scale airport to have yeah. an event and, and we have the city behind us helping us do it it's yeah. it's amazing it's going to be a good deal and that's that's rare to get that kind of involvement too with the city and everything that's great right well and because of it we need to you know make a note and go out eat at the local restaurants and that kind of thing and support the city too. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's take care of these people. It'll be a good, good cash inflow for them. So, uh, you know, make a point to, to support the local, the yeah. local crowd there at, uh, in Lindsay and, uh, the city, cause the city's doing a lot and back in that. So, well, the city's, they're going to have, uh, some food trucks, you know, they're working on that for us. Um, you know, unfortunately we weren't able to get the financial backing that we had kind of hoped for, from the city, but at the same time, we're getting a lot of other support in other ways. And Dude, they're uh, really helping us out. Yeah. So, yeah, it sounds like they're doing what they can. They they are. Are. I mean, that's honestly really amazing. I mean, how long have you guys had to work to even get this off the ground? Well, Jason and I met them, what, a year ago? It was just about a year ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, we haven't worked at it every day for a year don't get me wrong no, no. but yeah, uh yeah. but you had but, lots of loose ends you gotta chase all the time yeah and we're yeah. unfortunately we're stuck chasing a few here towards the end um but you know it is what it is thankfully i've got a good group of guys helping me out jason yeah. has been a huge help casey don hockle um man Kyle i Rick haven't done we've a, had a lot <laughs> yeah, i haven't done a whole lot i'll be honest you you've been spearheading most of that deal and i damn sure appreciate it yeah, it'll okay. sound silly. I mean, we put a couple couple events together too, but uh, I mean, just having one or two people to even kind of back you up and kind of push you in the right direction just keeps the wheels rolling. Yeah. So yeah. You, you did more than you think, probably. Well, it's just mostly a lot of coordination and just trying to yeah. talk to people. And uh, I mean, you can, Jason can attest to how that meeting went. Um, <laughs> going into it, uh, I think. I know Jason had some concerns and I'm not going to pretend like I didn't have a little bit of concern, but, uh, it was pre pretty contentious. Wouldn't you say Jason? It, it was, it, it turned out great for us, but for a few minutes there, I was concerned. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah, so just, easy. It's so easy for somebody in a seat of power just to say no. Yeah, you know, why, right. why should they put their ass on the, on the line for you? Oh yeah. yeah absolutely right. Up. Yeah, let me paint a picture for you, too. Clay's walking in with a mullet and some pit vipers on. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? I mean, the odds were stacked against us, and these guys pulled through. You know, I'm glad Jason was there to be, you know, some kind of voice of reason. 
You know, not really. Clay, Clay's an amazing no. dude. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> Jason was more of a witness in case something happened. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just small town politics. So. Yep. But yeah. Well, um, man, let's 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 talk to Wayne about some stuff, man. Well, hang on. We got a couple of news things real quick, and then we will oh, into talking to Wayne. Um, <laughs> y'all so got off on the Superfly so, thing, and no, know. I know. I'm so glad you're structured. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. Like, like he's a conductor of the railroad. Got to keep us on the tracks. Like, like, herding, like herding cats, I swear. Um, yeah, too bad we're in Australia. They don't have no tracks. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, a um, couple news related things uh, just that I've seen here recently. Um, just saw one actually about an hour before we started this podcast that only fine helis has made an announcement that they will be closing their doors. I didn't see uh, a date on it um as of yet but uh i think uh times have gotten tough with them margins are getting smaller shipping is getting more expensive and i think uh they're going to move on to bigger and better things uh i know shannon turner the owner of only fine hillies has uh, another business that he runs that i think is uh booming for him and, and blowing up keeping him really busy and uh it's just hard to juggle all of it. So he had to make a choice and uh, with it being a tough one, you know, I think it's the right one for him and his family, but uh, that's. So it uh, sounds like, you know, he wants to keep up with customer service and he can't, you know, provide what they started to provide it, with the other stuff. So he's, he's, just, he's trying to take care of everybody it and is. himself at the it, same time. It is, it is. And he just, just can't, can't do it anymore. So like I said, uh, had to make a decision and, and that's where he went. So I uh, wish him the best and uh, appreciate Absolutely. everything that he's done for the hobby um, over the last many years uh, that he's always supported events and uh, the heli community. So it'd be sad right. to see I would keep, Yeah, I'd keep an eye on his page and see if he's kind of blowing some stuff out and try to give that guy as much as support as you can. Yeah, he probably will be by the time it gets done. So Yeah, and, and yeah. you know, just talking as a hobby shop owner, I mean, we tend to go into these uh, hobby businesses because, I mean, it's our love affair already that, you know, that we have with the hobby. Right. And, you know, that's no easy decision for anybody. I, so my, my heart goes out to the guy. It, yeah. It yeah. I know, I know he was, he's been really uh, involved in the hobby for a lot of years. So. Yeah. yeah. And man, in that, in that post too, he goes, my heart doesn't want to do it, but my head's telling me it's the right thing to do. Right. And it's something I've got to follow, you know? So, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm sure that was not an easy decision for him to make. Yeah, no, I'm sure. But uh, so we got that. And then uh, Scorpion announced, um, I believe it was Kyle Dahl that made a post um, that I first saw that Scorpion's releasing a new line of airplane motors uh, that they've been doing extensive, like super extensive testing and comparison and everything on a lot of motors. Uh, but uh, they have a new new line of air, airplane motors that will be coming out for, uh, I think they're geared to the uh, smaller stuff, you know, 60-inch. I think they had some 40. The first one they announced, I believe, was for a 48-inch uh, size plane, and uh, they're moving up from there. Um, they started with a small one and uh, are making announcements as they go along, but uh, knowing Scorpion, those are probably going to be a beast of a motor. Um, yeah, I've absolutely. Got, I've got one of their older ones in a – an airplane actually that uh, Wayne Wagner just bought from me. Um, he wanted me to leave the motor in it. So uh, it, uh, right. it's going to him and it was, it was just, it was an awesome motor. Like I haven't found anything that's outperformed it. I have some that are equivalent, but uh, 
nothing that's been markedly better. So, uh, oh man, I've got that 30 cc cool. size and that legend hobby yak, and man, oh, it's, yeah. it's it's all there, all there. Mm-hmm. So, if they improve upon that, they're doing something right, right. So, so we look forward to seeing those come out, but uh, but anyway, so on tonight's call, we have uh, Wayne, owner of A Loft Hobbies, and uh, we will go on him, Casey. I'll let you take it, man. You want to talk to Wayne? Go for it. Well, man, I mean, <laughs> I've been I've been itching for this. I'm not going to lie, dude. I thought it was cool that he even took the time out to do this, man. Uh, I'm sure he's a busy fellow and stuff like that. And, man, being, hey, a, being, a, yeah, <laughs> being a Tyrannus guy and a glider guy, dude, this, guy, this guy's got it covered, man. I, I mean, so I had bought an X9D from this fellow. I bought a QX7 from this fellow. Um just recently, the Swift, um, all my receivers, uh, dude, I mean, this, I love their website, the ease of use and everything, dude, and they have great customer service. I haven't ever needed any other customer service because everything just worked out good, but I'd see rave reviews uh, on there, and it, it was a no-brainer to be able to use this guy to shop, you know? Just updated so, that website, too, didn't they? Didn't you just change yeah, over? They did. Yeah, they did. Yeah, brand new. Yeah, we brand switched new. over. But, uh, well, thank so, you very much. That's, that's really good. I can't say... Yeah, I can't say enough good things about this. And I mean, that's a personal deal that I have used. And it's, dude, this is the first time me and Wayne have ever talked. But when Clay yeah. said, man, I'm going to send this guy an email, you know, because what what kind of started the the whole thing there? Everybody kind of gave me a hard time about FR Sky, which that's okay. Everybody's got their preferences. But yeah. uh, me and Clay were talking and he's like, man, I'd like the single stick radio. I was like, dude, go check out Aloft Hobbies because they've got a single stick uh you know fr sky based radio and i think is, is it on a horse is that is that what it, it's, it's based, based on? on the uh the x10 express the x10 express yeah. and uh stuff like that and he was like holy crap and got done this whole rabbit hole and everything he's like dude we gotta talk to this guy and i'm like absolutely <laughs> we need to talk to this guy so and now you're here so man i mean one of the things that i would like to know i kind of like knowing you know background story on stuff um Man, how did you get into being like a, a, a hobby shop owner, you know, and what, what kind of kicked all that off? I, I made some bad decisions in life, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. What time should I be there? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, so kind of the history where a loft came out of, I guess. Um, so we were flying electrics a lot. I, I, I started off flying slope, strangely enough. That's where I learned how to fly. Um but um, years went by and I started flying electrics and all the guys that were uh, flying with me, we were just kind of flying out of whatever vacant land we had where I was living down in, uh, down in Orange County, which is near LA at the time. And um, <laughs> we didn't really have any fields. So you just kind of picked a field and flew from it until the cops came by and asked you to leave. But um, <laughs> we, Sounds like come out of some be... of Casey's expeditions. Yeah, Wayne oh, fits yeah. in. He's in. <laughs> yeah, we always had about three or four different sites we'd hit up. You know, it's like, all right, well, the cops are kind of hot on that one. Let's go over to this one for a while. But, um, it, you know, the cops would sit there. We'd try to get them to fly because they are always into it anyhow. So you never know. But um, yeah, I was, it took so long to get parts and everything. I would always order extra parts. And my buddies were always coming over to my house. And uh, we'd, we'd build, uh, we'd started what we kind of called build nights um and it's just kind of this irregular thing and guys would come over and you know we just have a good time and fix our planes and build up new planes and you know learn from each other and you know one guy's really good at painting so you know he'd 
you'd be kind of painting on our planes and stuff. And it, it was just a really good thing. And uh, I became kind of the warehouse of servos and motors and speed controls and stuff. And um, it just kind of grew from there, honestly. Um, but I was a graphic designer and just looking for some extra money on the side and said, yeah, I built this website for my buddy that does off-road stuff and it was taken off and uh, I said, well, shoot, if I can do it for him. I can do it for myself. And um, one of the very first brands I picked up was Free Sky, actually. Um, they were brand new in the market. They didn't have a transmitter yet. Um, They're doing modules and receivers. And uh, so we were one of the very first in the United States to carry Free Sky. That's interesting. But uh, it, it took so, off really fast. And within about four months, I was able to quit my, my day job. So that wow. Was, uh, what time frame was this? It was about 10 years ago. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting because I first heard about FR Sky or, or Free Sky. Which, what is, which one is it? I've had that uh, question. I call it Free Sky. It. Yeah, everybody okay. calls it something. Frisky, whatever. Oh, I, I, I actually <laughs> heard a guy ask just last weekend he's like was well, it free sky or fr sky uh i've been yeah, calling it FR be free sky. sky yeah okay yeah, yeah anything either way okay correction uh, noted yeah <laughs> well the first time i had heard of them was through the uh crash cast back years ago uh, a lot of those guys had jumped on the tyrannus and uh you know they were getting into the the mini quads that's when the quads were hot and heavy Yep. And uh, so they had jumped on there with the Tyrannus. And then later on, I actually recall when the Horus become available because I followed yep. that podcast. It was the crash cast. And then later on the uh, AOA or angle of attack podcast. Um, but nonetheless. Uh, yeah. And those were really fun days because we released everything for free sky back then. And so we'd get the first, like the very first Tyrannus was in my hands and we, and we took it up to, um, um, what's the big show? I can, uh, sorry, my name, my brain doesn't work with names. Um, Toledo, the, the weak signals. Yeah, signals. signals. Yep. Yeah. And, um, I mean, we had like a nothing for graphics or anything. And we had like, I think two Tyrannuses with us and showing them off. And I had never held one in my hand prior to that. And, and and all throughout that show the organizers kept coming by saying you got to do something about the crowd you're blocking the fire lane because <laughs> people <laughs> were just all wrapped around to figure out what this thing was um and that was so much fun back then we could not keep pace with demand and in all fairness the radios were incredibly difficult to switch over to if you're used to you know a spectrum or a futaba or something they were just you had to kind of forget everything you knew to jump into open tx which is what they ran on um but once you did that they could do anything um and the rf system was really rock solid so that's that's really what allowed them to grow so quick and they had a good price yeah um, I think yeah, it, I think price. it fit really well with the uh, with the quad community because of those reasons. Uh, you yeah, take the, guys the like Casey. Guys really, sorry, the quad guys really jumped on it, and the glider guys really jumped on it. And I think that's kind of was from our influence. Well, my my take on it was it seemed like the guys that really liked to tinker 
you take guys like uh, our buddy James Squared. You know, he's incredibly smart uh, with electronics. I mean, the guy designs his own flight controllers and fly barless units. Uh, he writes yeah. his own code. Uh, so you take guys like that or guys like Casey and, you know, and not to pick on Casey, but the, as a whole, the quad community were, were cheap, you know, like they wanted cheap and inexpensive uh, and capable. And I felt like the yeah. FR sky really fit that extremely well is it was yeah extremely budget friendly very capable and just worked so yeah yeah it really did and and it had the open source developers behind it that were just could react so quick um you know typically you buy one of the big brand radios and they usually have some flaws in the programming you may never ever see them get fixed um with free sky they release they probably don't go a month without releasing an update to um, their operating system or firmwares or what have you. It's kind of a good, kind of a bad thing. Um, um, it's really great to yeah. see them fix things. Um, it can be kind of annoying to try to keep everything current. Right. Yeah. The nightly builds, you know, <laughs> you no, stay away wrong. from those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even I don't venture oh. in there very often. <laughs> right. Well, I've, I've heard Casey say that before. He's like, dude, if it's a year old in mini drone or mini quads or drones, he's oh, like, if it's, it's a dead. year old, it's antique. He's like, yeah, it's not I'll any like, good anymore. Yeah. Dude, two months is antique. It was good for a while, man. It was crazy. I, I uh, We used to be in the drone market, and um, I referred to it as women's shoes. <laughs> you know, what's, what's hot today, you cannot sell right. by the time you actually get it on your shelf. Yeah. It's a great way to go out of business. Oh, yeah. Which, going to the glider route, I think that that's probably, which, man, I mean, that's kind of what you kind of started it with. It just happened to be that the drone guys oh, like yeah. the FR Sky. Am I wrong? Yeah, my my original plan, uh, here, here's, here's business 101, be flexible. My original plan was just to sell gliders. And I right. knew that would never be a very big moneymaker. Uh, I just hope that maybe it would, you know, make my hobby more affordable. That, you know, just bring in some spare cash for me was a, a, my goal. Um, right. uh, I shifted gears pretty quick. I will always sell gliders. I love gliders. That is my thing. Um, if I was a better businessman, I wouldn't probably sell the selling gliders. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, well, man, you know, I'd be, be bringing in container loads of foam arfs. You know, that's that's where the money's at, right? Well, man, something too with gliders. Um, the, a lot of the cool stuff that I had noticed was kind of being made in the Czech Republic, and with everything going on over there, or you know, it's um, how is, how has that kind of impacted you? Right, yeah, you you really have to keep your head down and and, and watching things, but uh, you know, we've got dealers and. South Africa, Brazil, Czech, Ukraine. We used to buy some stuff from Russia. Don't do that now. Um, right. <laughs> but, <Yeah. laughs> and, and it, what sucks is I don't, the guy in Russia was a really nice guy. You know, he's just another hobby guy. Yeah. Right. Most anybody that's producing stuff, sort of maybe China for the hobby, is because they, they're just as into that, into this hobby as we are. Um, they have the same love 
of aviation and, you know, whatever, you know, whether it's a helicopter or glider or, you know, big gas, whatever. Um, we tend to always have that common ground. Right. Um, China is a different mix. That's yeah. a career for a lot of people. A lot of the hobby producers in China don't even fly. Um, no, so well, we can take the design and make this and then we can get it out on shelves, you know? Sometimes, yeah. The, yeah. There's good ones and there's bad ones. And that's that's true of everywhere. So oh yeah. Yeah. But, well, I don't think they really have flying fields in China. Every video you see from a or you know, an aircraft or like an ARF company yeah. uh, from China, they're flying off of some just road. Yeah, it doesn't like have a lot of traffic. Yeah, or a construction <laughs> site. Yeah. Yeah, the, the 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 one exception is I'll say is they actually have a really good glider team in China uh, for F3F and such, and they have they I mean if they're willing to travel to them they have some amazing sites just like every other part of the world. Uh, F3F if you don't know what that is it's uh, more or less three meter really go fast gliders that do pylon turns first, uh, set amount of laps see who goes the fastest. Uh, it's very competitive. It's a worldwide thing and. That's a lot of fun. Sorry. And that just, that makes me happy even hearing that. And man, you're going to have to educate us on some of that, man. We're like central United States. There's not, man, there's people that are into gliders, but not like there are like in your neck of the woods, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, in other countries, of course. Yeah. And that's one of the things I kind of wanted to touch on a little later. Um, I, I don't even know where to start with you guys, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I we, we touched on the single stick. I, I, did you guys have questions on that or anything? I, I think you guys Absolutely. discussed it a while back. Yeah. No, we, 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 I think we got questions. Yeah. Go ahead, Clay. Well, <laughs> so, and, and actually, Casey mentioned it earlier, but uh, I've been interested in a single stick radio. Uh, this kind of stemmed from the nostalgia of some of the old craft and Futaba single sticks. Yeah. Uh, Casey and I have done a little bit of a uh, retrofitting the FR Sky or Free Sky module. I believe it was the XHT oh, and, module. And radios, yeah. 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 Yep. We did that on a couple of radios, and uh, so anyway, I just it's kind of nostalgia for me with the single stick. Uh, so then once uh, once Casey pointed it out to me on the Aloft site, you know I go on there and start looking and digging for more information. That's actually where I found your name at was digging through the Aloft forum. Because okay, um, yeah. uh, you know, I read through there and was kind of seeing about it. So my first question is, is why did you decide to do it? Because this was an in-house project from what I gathered. Um, yeah. Um, we, going, so with, with the free sky uh, market, as soon as they had a transmitter, we start, we started having a lot of, uh, more competitors in the field and one of the things that we've always done is we had a very different approach to warranty uh, which was the free sky world was different we had um, especially in the Tyrannus days is um, we had a lot of people that were really adventurous and were happy to rip into their radio and you know, pull everything apart and improve this or paint this or change their shell and um, it was, it was uh, the Wild West in, in a lot of ways. And we, our warranty approach was 
you know, if you modify something on one of the boards, you're, you're soldering an antenna on there or something, and that board takes a shit, then we'll void the warranty on that board maybe if we see that your work's not up to par. But it doesn't void the rest of the parts in the radio or anything like that, where a lot of our competitors are like, oh, you changed the firmware, that you voided your warranty, or we can't help you. Yeah, that's um, an interesting way to look at it. Yeah, yeah. so... Different, for sure. Um, and we started doing a lot of prototype stuff. We were selling radio shells and all these parts that you couldn't get elsewhere. And people started asking about doing a single stick um just because we were also known like you're talking about converting vintage radios uh we've always been really active in the vintage um radio conversion stuff with the xht modules and stuff and that's still super strong today uh we got some guys because all the old radios could only carry you know they could only fly one rate one airplane we got guys that'll go to a field with like six radios so they could fly their six airplanes uh, <laughs> servo that's reversing awesome. what's that <laughs> But right. um, uh, anyhow, uh, we teamed up with a, a Roger Ferguson up in Canada, and he had been uh, working on a single stick up there, and he was doing kind of one-offs for people. And so way back in the Tyrannus days, we made our first one, and it was all CNC aluminum shell, and that cost like $500 just for the, the millwork. <laughs> And uh, we decided that really was not viable. And we, we uh, decided to back burner the, the single stick at that time. But we had published stuff. People were aware of it. We would continue to get emails about it constantly. So the pressure just kept building. Um, and Roger decided to tackle it again. Um, we picked the X10S Express transmitter uh, because... It was, you know, it's one of the flagship radios that just does, it's rock solid, doesn't have any problems or anything. Free Sky just knocked it out of the park. But it can also run, it's the only radio that can run Ethos, OpenTX, FreeOS, or Ersky9X. So you have all these different programming environments you can run on the radio, which is truly unique. Um, but yeah, um, so anyhow, um, we worked with Roger on that. Uh, and then we took over the project from him. We, we've done, I don't know how many hours. We just have hundreds and hundreds of hours invested in, in getting this uh, to a kit form. Uh, we're just now to the point where we've been uh, distributing them. We're working with our early adopters and kind of refining our, our manual. That's been quite the learning curve. Um, we're so used to being around the radios that we just assume people know how to do certain steps and it's, it's just been really eye-opening is the things that um yeah i think we just kind of take for granted but when it gets out in the wild it's like oh yeah yeah oh, sorry you know let's get some more pictures we'll refine that um so that's been fun you know trying to figure out how to do a live document that we constantly we update the document probably every day just trying to make it easier for people um and it's not a complex build uh, my opinion you can do it in a night um with that said we the first versions we did is really unique i don't know if you've seen the wood casing we're doing on those yeah, oh, yeah. um we really kind of stumbled across that because we have a laser cutter and everything it's like what if we did a wood version <laughs> um and people really like it so that's great i i love it i think it's really unique look it's kind of really retro <laughs> um 
but uh, anyhow, though, though if, if you haven't seen the radio, it's it's really a 3D printed carcass uh, that we then put plates on to um, give a, a much nicer finish and look to it. Um, and uh, we'll be releasing the aluminum version here pretty soon. Um, it's this is probably the biggest project that we've managed to actually complete. We're not shy. We take on some really big projects. Um, but this one's, this one has been a huge investment of time and, and man hours just to um, get it to this point. Um, and we're excited to get it out there. Um, but yeah, a single stick's not for everybody. Uh, if you're not familiar, you know, it's a radio you hold in your left hand and you put your um, right hand on the stick and the stick has um, your yaw is also on there. So you, you have uh, your elevator, your, your roll and your yaw on there and the throttles over on your left hand uh, on your index finger. Um, so you, we, some, uh, I guess in the UK, they call it a cuddle radio because you cuddle it with your left hand. Dude, I like that. <laughs> a cuddle. They call it a cuddle. Describe it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, so it, it's definitely not for everybody. Um, I personally, uh, other than just playing with it, I, it's, I'm not comfortable flying them. Uh, I prefer two sticks. So sorry. Shooting down my own product, huh? Um, <laughs> but uh, we've had a lot of fun with it too. I don't, I don't mean to, uh, it's, it's just been eye-opening. And, you know, this is one of many bigger projects that we've really been trying to push through in the last year. Um, we're really trying to go in a new direction um, for Loft Hobbies. And we're, we're trying to do a lot more production in-house, um, you know, made in USA stuff. Um, we've been investing in a lot more tools, a lot bigger tools uh, to allow us to do that. And, um, you know, this is the first thing. Um, we've been doing a lot of, um, rolling out a lot of um, just uh, glider mounts, wall mounts, ceiling mounts, that kind of stuff. Hold your planes and store them, whatnot. Um, those are kind of fun things to make. Um, um, but we're also got uh, a couple of aircraft in the mix. We've got a, um, a, a vintage um pattern plane coming out that's electric conversion um based on the old mach one from uh midwest oh and, holy geez yep yeah. mark me down for one of those okay <laughs> yeah. yeah that's really sweet Casey's in on that <laughs> yeah uh, we got a big and gliders big thermal glider we're working on and then we've got i've got uh, my personal baby is a little uh I'm not sure the final size yet, but a slope, uh, a wooden, all wood slope winger on that comes out of a, it's based on a, a French design from 1981, which is, it was, I stumbled across it and it's like, oh, that thing is just so cool. Um, it's kind of looks like an ASW 17, but with a winger on. So if you don't know what a winger right. on is, the whole wing is your, your aileron. I was just about to ask that. Yeah, yeah, that's way. It's, it's, that's a, way it's a slope cool. thing. <laughs> well, man, okay. one of the but one uh, of the yeah, things that I noticed. Fun. Yeah, and uh, one of the things uh, I really noticed is like on, your, dude, you have your own forums, 
Like if yes. you go to aloft, you know, .com or whatever, dude, they've got their own forms and everything like that. You personally answer so much stuff. It's ridiculous. I try to, I try to read every single thing that gets posted on there. It's, it's hard at times. If, if, if I get a little backlog or, I'm, you know, get COVID for a week, it's hard to catch up. Right. I don't know how you do it, man. You're, 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 very, man, that's, that's one of the cool things I like seeing. Like, uh, Tomas Wheeland is one of the guys that we had on the show last week at Legend Hobby. Dude, that guy is like, he's, he's bought in, you know, I mean, 100%. And that's, yeah. that's something I could say for you to 110th power. You know, you do the same thing, man. If, if people ask questions, you're there to answer. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable, which, you know, I was talking about your customer service is amazing. I've never had to use it because everything is spelled out in those forums pretty good. You search through some stuff. You don't know who I am. I've been all over your website and dude, it, it's educated honestly, me and I've learned all kinds of stuff. That's one of the reasons we started the forum is we were really starting to struggle trying to keep up with email um, because we do sell a lot of really technical product. And right. um, we've, we've had people, hey, will you sell this? And it's like, no, it's got too many firmwares. <laughs> we already have a firmware yeah. in your product. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, flight controllers and stuff like, oh, God, no. Um, right. But um, um we were really struggling to keep up with the technical emails. And it's like, you know, rather than answering the same questions, uh, uh, you know, a hundred times a month, why don't we put it on the forum? And right. And it's searchable. People can find it and, you know, that will cut down and people get more answers than just what our answer is. And I've been blown away. I learned something on that forum every day. Uh, we right. have some great users um, and it's not just, local guys or anything we got people we, one of my most of the guys is from australia he's never bought right. a thing from me and it's like dude right. you have, <laughs> you are so amazing uh can i send you some stuff he goes yeah yeah i'm, I'm good i'm good but yeah, i'll keep it in mind <laughs> i mean he he has been so helpful to people it's amazing i, I that and that's you see that all over the place in the hobby i'm always blown away with that i mean we were all noobs. We all were clueless at some point and somebody took us under the wing and helped us. That's, that's what we try to do. Um, yeah. Well, man, the, one the of the things that has I... gotten so technical it can be so frustrating. And, you know, sometimes we got some really mad customers and you just, Hey, Hey, it's okay. Let's get through this. We'll, we'll, we'll get you going. Well, man, one of the things that really brought me into the, the whole FR sky or free sky, you know, nomenclature was more of, Dude, you go on YouTube and I want to be able to do this. There are thousands of videos of 18 different ways to do the thing that you want to do with FR Sky. You look at Spectrum yeah. or Fataba or anything like that, dude. You're you're kind of on your own. You know, yeah, so well, that was one of the things that led me to that. The sad thing was open TX, you almost needed you needed better documentation. We so a little history lesson when when the Tranus came out and we, so Tranus runs on this open source programming environment called uh, OpenTX. And right. it's a very logic based system. It's, it's like the old multiplex radios. And uh, rather than say, oh, I want to turn on a, an aileron mix, um, you say, hey, channel one, you're going to listen to the, the roll input on the stick and you're going to use these weights and curves and all this stuff. So you can do all kinds of crazy stuff, but it's this logic based approach. And logic 
based thinkers take to it instantly. Programmers, you know, car builders, these kind of, you know, if you can take on a task and figure out the steps that need to be taken to, you're going to do well. But the people right. that are, are more uh, artistic minded um, that, you know, maybe can paint like an amazing picture for you or, or write poetry, which I can't do, um, they would really hate the radio <laughs> passionately. <laughs> um, so there was definitely people I would, you, you really quickly learned, it's like, okay, this radio is not for you. Um, um, but if, if you had any kind of logic approach, it was, it was a good start. But anyhow, it had no documentation. It, it was just, you know, hey, here's your radio, have fun. And FreeSky literally gave you about one double-sided piece of paper that kind of introduced you to a radio. So you didn't get much. Um, right. And we, we tried for years to get manuals written. Uh, we'd team up with people that were writing them. We, we, we wanted to make it a, a free product uh, or an open source manual, what have you. And it all failed. And we, we finally teamed up with a guy who, who wrote to us from uh, Australia, another guy, Australia. And he used to write manuals for JR. And I said, I want to figure out a way where this makes sense for you. So I, I'm making money for you so we can keep this thing up to date because uh, OpenTX was always improving. Um, and that ended up working out really well. So we finally ended up with a manual. Um, but before that, yeah, it was videos. And the bad thing was I almost had to tell people to stay away from the videos because some of them were bad. Bad. Oh, way bad. Yeah. Send you, send you <laughs> down a bad path. And people would get really frustrated. I, I did what this video says. Uh, I go watch the videos. Like, no, don't do it that way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's the, the, the other interesting thing is like on a spectrum radio, there's kind of one way to do stuff. Um, in OpenTX, there's three, four different ways you can do the same thing. Um, two of them are going to be really bad ways to do them. <laughs> right. So I um, usually do that. The two bad ways can, you know, going up. So like our resident FR Sky guy is, uh, or Free Sky guy is uh, yeah. James. And this dude, He's like, well, okay, well, we can do it like this, or we can do it like that, or we can do it like this, or we can do it like that. And I'm like, dude, I right. think it work. Pick, I was just one. thinking, you know? I just want to fly exactly. Thinking the same right, thing, man, James Squared. <laughs> which, yeah, which man, the dude's an electronic engineer. I mean, works for a yeah. big electric company. I mean, programs yeah. his own fly barless units, and he's like, their firmware sucks. I use this, and yeah. it's great. You know, he yeah. dude's awesome. Yeah. You know, um, I'm, I'm more of a dumbed down user where, oh, YouTube told me I can do it like this. And that's how I do it, you right. know. Right. But, and, and there's also but, really advanced templates you can download and put into the radio. Oh, but yeah. You better read the manual because right. those have some amazing programming in them. But if you if you mess up anything, it there it goes. <laughs> where, right. where did I mess well, up? I mean, I dig through I have yet. Yeah, I've yet to find a limitation to it. Man, I used to do oh, yeah. quite a bit of um, did some government drone stuff and things like that. And man, uh, we used Fataba on all of our stuff, which was a crazy learning curve for me coming from yeah. FR Sky. Yeah, but yeah, uh, it's backwards. But yeah, but all the stuff we were flying against, you know, uh, whether it be government weapons or whatever we're doing, they were all using FR Sky. Yeah. You know. Oh yeah. And we, we we've probably sold to every aerospace company out there. Correct. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Big time. It's 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 amazing. And then yeah. um, 
one of the things that always got me is I started out in drones and I was doing a lot of FPV stuff, dude. I've had FPV wings and, and quads out way further without, you know, I'm not even talking about the long range stuff, you know, yeah. just, just regular protocol. And dude, I've had it out. So dude, I, I've got trust built into this, you know, to yeah. where that I'm, dude, I ain't afraid to put anything on it. People are like, you got that, you know, hundred CC airplane, you got that on that. And I'm like, absolutely. No yeah. problem, man. Yeah. On an RX eight. Yep. Let's do it. I ain't so, you know, and, and, and the, all the Tranises were kind of what I call version one transmitters from free sky. Right. Um, and now I'd say we're kind of really into truly version two where we have ethos and um i don't know if you've gotten to play with ethos yet um, not not really i'm all so old school you can sort of take a mix of sort of like a spectrum the ease of use of a spectrum with the ability to do anything from OpenTX, and right. that's what ethos is and it's finally a radio because we, I just could not recommend uh, the version one radios to just anybody. Um, again, you know, the kind of that, that, that logic thought process or whatnot, or, or their patience level to get it done. Um, right. If you spend basically one good night with OpenTX, you can, you're going to figure it out or you're right. going to throw it through a window. Um, <laughs> But with Ethos, <laughs> we finally have a radio we can sell to anybody. And it's both easy to use and super powerful. Um, and, and it's true. What we used to say about OpenTX, the only limitation is your imagination. Right. You know, a lot of companies like to talk about how many mixes they have and flight modes and all this. And it's just like with OpenTX, it's, the only limitation is your brain. You know, right. can, can you figure out what you want to do? If you want to flip one switch and have everything invert or whatever you know rudder be comes ailerons whatever you can do whatever you know i always loved hearing the weird things people programmed and one of my favorites i don't know if you saw it on our forum um uh the guys up i forget the island the uh, farland islands whatever um he made a rowboat and he's got a little rower made out of servos and I, I forget how many servos there's like eight servos in there or something. And it duplicates the shoulder movements, the elbows, the, the, the back and, and hip and everything. And the little guy just uh, rows like he's rowing a little or, uh, rowboat. And it's all programmed in the Tyrannus. So he literally moved his gimbals so they're up 90 degrees. So it, it's like the little row oar handles are instead of the sticks pointing up they're horizontal now right <laughs> and he just yeah. rows that <laughs> and it, it does all the mixing to get all those motions and he can turn left and right and go forward backward and all that and that guy was i think in his late 80s that did all that and he's just you know, he's master you know he's he's done all these amazing big scale planes and everything um but oh my god that was one of my favorite builds just it's like, okay, that's just mental. And he, yeah. they, they shared the programming. It's like, oh, I can't even figure out what you're doing here. Oh, that's awesome. Um, that's what, but that's with, with Ethos, we have all that power, but it's easy to use. Um, and there's a full manual. I mean, FreeSky is really hitting on all cylinders these days. Um, 
it's definitely worth looking into. You're going to see some uh, lower priced ethos radios coming out. Um, but um, right now you have basically two, you know, three radios. So the X10 can do ethos. If, the X10 has been around for years. Um, and then the X20 and the X18 right now. Uh, just today they announced the X, the new X20E, which is a tray style. Uh, so that's going on sale. They're coming out with a special edition uh, X18. Um, did you ever see the X Lite? Yes, absolutely. The really, really small radio. Believe it or not, that's oh actually yeah. That's that's actually it's kind of a little drone style radio. It looks kind of like yeah. a gamepad, like an Xbox controller. Um, that's actually what I fly my stuff with. I, I love having like a hundred dollar radio and I'm flying right. like a thousand dollar glider <laughs> oh, 150 yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> no, so doesn't. Well, it's funny. James yeah, Squared has one funny. around, doesn't he? Yeah. I was like, it's funny that you say that because James, James has got like a freaking 200 mile an hour hotliner program on that thing. And he steps out there flying oh, yeah. like, you're flying that with that. And he's like, hell yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it's, it's all, it's got all Hall effect sensors and everything. There's no pots in right. it. It's, it's great. Um, with that said, it doesn't have a tr- an easy way to trim the left stick, which drives me nuts. Um, <laughs> so anyhow, they're coming out with that running ethos with a color screen on it. It's going to be a little bit bigger and the screen slides, and but it's got all those trims and everything. It's like, oh man, I want that radio. Hurry up and get right. it done. Um, so anyhow, uh, ethos definitely worth checking out. Uh, the radio's ergonomics are great. They feel great in your hand. They're, they're slim, they're light. You know, you're not, you're not wearing your arm out. Um, great battery life. Anyhow, yeah, that's that. Um, one, of, one, of my, one of the stories people really love is, um, you, you remember, you've all watched Mythbusters at some point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What happened every time they tried to RC a car? <laughs> Lose connection. <laughs> they would go off and drive into a fence or something. I was gonna say, right. yeah, take off. <laughs> and, and it's like, come on, dude, you guys are running 72 megahertz Futaba stuff. Modernize. Um, right. Yeah. Anyhow, <laughs> after Mythbusters uh, went away, uh, uh, Adam started up his his kind of spinoff show. I forget the name on that. Um, they came to us and. Um, they actually used, they had an episode where they're going to be dealing with nitroglycerin and um, they wanted to uh, tow it behind an ATV until it blew up. <laughs> and they were on a quest to find a, a much more reliable radio system. And uh, so that was actually our, I think our first time we had ever done a dual frequency free sky setup. So we're using the, the, the R9 FM stuff along with the, um, or uh, uh, UHF stuff um, with a 2.4, and their filming environment is absolutely filthy. It's it's no wonder they always had problems right. because the uh, um, interference. Uh, the actors are all on. Everything's wireless. The cameras aren't wireless when they're doing something yep. dangerous. Everything is wireless. It's it's just this completely polluted RF environment. They have a nightmare time apparently keeping mics working and all kinds of stuff. And um, and they wrote back and said, holy cow, that's the first time we've never, ever had a single problem with the radio system. <laughs> nice. so, that, that was cool. That, that's 
kind of my takeaway with uh, Free Sky. The RF is pretty phenomenal, um, despite what any haters want to say. Um, I don't think you can beat Free Sky's RF potential. Right. Well, man, that, and that leads me to another thing. So it changed from like ACCST to the access protocol. What, what, what's the big difference yes. between the two? Oh, well, thank you for asking. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> ACCST, uh, when they switched over, they didn't do it as smooth as they could have. Um, I was begging them to make... So basically, um, ACCST was out for eight or nine years. Um, it predated... Well, it basically came out when the trans came out. So yeah. Um, and they never really had to do any updates on it. So all those years, everybody was having a great time with it and pushing the range beyond anyone else's 2.4 and all that. Well, it had a bug and it surfaced in Europe primarily because they have a little, the EU um, has an LBT requirement that 2.4 has to work a little bit differently. And the bug surfaced um, mostly in Germany, the Germans really caught it. And what would happen is when the reception was really uh, challenged, it was really getting bad, um, noise could get into the receiver. And the way the receiver works is it does some checksums to make sure the data is correct. And um, to speed things up, FreeSky had shortened their checksum. And this allowed sometimes the checksum would give a false positive. And what happens is when you do a, a checksum, it says, okay, this data is good, go ahead and use it. Or if it fails, it says, no, this data is no good. Don't, don't listen to it, go, go find some more data until we, until we get something clean or go to fail safe. That's kind of the little short version. Um, and the, the, anyhow, it was occasionally, it could pass bad data as good. And what would happen when that happened is it would shift all the channels. So channel one might be getting input from channel three, or it might just all be garbage. And that would get sent out to the to your channels. Ooh, that sounds all bad. Aircraft. That yeah. Sound, that and that would all last bad. <laughs> all bad, not good. So that was random servo movement or whatever. Or uncommanded servo movement is what they called it. Um, and FreeSky acted on it really quick um, once it, because you know, we'd hear every so often from Germany, it's like, hey, we got this problem. It's like, you guys are, no, you guys are experiencing something, something. It's not happening. And, and they have some really amazing RF guys over there, you know, engineers. Hey. And they, right. they were actually able to, to show it. They're actually able to prove it. And at that point, FreeSky said, uh-oh. And they really quickly, I, I think within two weeks, two and a half weeks, they released an update version two. Um, they were really under the, they really didn't want to leave this problem in the world. So they're really quick to do it. I don't think it was their greatest effort. And unfortunately this all happened at the same time that he had just decided to release uh, their new firmware, their, their new protocol, which is called access. And access is a, um, it was rather closely based on ACCST, but they added a lot of new features and especially stuff for the commercial market um, because, you know, again, aerospace and drones and things. Um, right. But they added a lot of stuff that just normal users wanted, you know, be able to 
you know, monitor more sensors or um, sensors on redundancy. A lot of, lot of stuff related to redundant receivers and such. Um, and um, anyhow, that came out about the same time this, this ACCST bug popped up and FreeSky got accused of trying to knock out the clone market and everything. And it was a bunch of bad press, uh, but they, unfortunately <laughs> that was all set out by the clone manufacturers and uh, FreeSky was just trying to fix their bug and make everybody's radio safe. Uh, I wish they had made it backwards compatible um, and um, they had challenges trying to get that and they didn't feel comfortable that they could get that and get that in a timely fashion. So they released version two. Um, version two completely gets rid of that bug, um, but it also forced you to change the firmware in both your transmitter and receiver. And once you did that, you couldn't talk to version one stuff. Um, and needless to say, they didn't develop it for any clone guys. Um, so the clone guys got all upset. <laughs> Because, you know, gee, this company we're copying isn't making firmware for us. Oh, yeah. but, every, uh, drone, every drone Facebook group, it was ridiculous. I remember oh, that very well. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the, uh, <laughs> F Free Sky quote. Yeah, I loved it. It was ever yeah. so wonderful. Um, very, very thankful group at times. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, and I would try to guys. tell the, 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 the story, and they just like, eh, yeah, Free Sky. It's like, whatever. Um, so anyhow, uh, it, it really hurt FreeSky. Um, it really hurt FreeSky. Their sales, they, they were on track to be the largest uh, transmitter uh, manufacturer in the world uh, behind Spectrum, and it, it devastated them. Um, that year was ugly. Um, but they, um, the, the, the nice thing is they, it really made them work harder, really made them innovate. Um, and that's why we see things like ethos now. Um, the transmitters are just, I think, some of the best you can buy hardware, period, in the hobby. Um, they're built really well. They're, they're Q&A'd really well. Um, they check in with customers constantly. I mean, FreeSky's always been really good about that, honestly. But um, um, they're not as cheap as the clones, but you know, right. someone's got to pay for the development. That's that's the reality. Um, so anyhow, um, we hated uh, a lot of hobbies. We we hated that this version one, version two thing because we had a ton of users still running um, either version one because they never ever updated, or they're on version two. And in some cases, people didn't know whether they're on version one or version two, but I'm still selling receivers. We're still selling ACCST receivers to people. And we prefer to sell the safe version. So version two, and people are flying version one and they can't even bind to the receiver when they buy it from us. It was, it's a real mess. Um, right. And, you know, regardless of what we put on the website, it always took people by surprise. Um, I happen to know what I consider to be the world's greatest protocol developer in the hobby and um, asked him if he could take this project on. And we built up a really big uh, beta test team uh, around the world. 
Um, we brought a bunch of those German uh, RF experts in and everything. And we just started chipping away at a brand new firmware for ACCST. And so it replaces, it does everything you'd ever want. Um, it fixes all the bugs in ACCST. It will talk to version one or version two. Uh, it will listen to F, it will talk to FCC or the, um, the European, the EU stuff. So it'll talk to any FreeSky transmitter that's transmitting ACCST or you know, Radio Master or whatever you got, uh, any of the clone stuff, any of the multi-modules. Um, if it's talking ACCST, we can talk to it. We can you know, bind right up to it. Um, but beyond that, we went even further and we fixed every single bug or annoying thing that we had with ACST and that was amazing. And our, our, you know, my hats off to the beta team and to, to Mike, our programmer that was able to accomplish all that. Um, and we are actually able to increase the range because we actually tune the receiver to each transmitter. Cause there's a little tolerance difference on every transmitter. Um, so we actually tune in it, you know, it takes us half a second to do it when we, when we first bind and, uh, we, we're monitoring our, our signal strength and, and um, we can just dial that early in. Um, but all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, do, you, do you get the telemetry lost, telemetry found when the when your aircraft's really close to your transmitter? Yep. That's gone. Um, all that. And we did it all just from the receiver side. We didn't have to change anything on the transmitter. That, that's just... And that's when you have a really good developer, they can do that kind of stuff. So, um, and uh, so anyhow, that's what we call a uh, universal uh, ACCST or UniRF for short. And we more or less give that away for free. If you buy a brand new receiver that we can put that on, it's already got it on there. That way we don't have to worry anymore about whether the person's on V1, V2. Uh, they're safe if they're flying V1, you know, and they just get a better product all around. Um, um, now we had to do that simply because FreeSky, um, you know, after 10 years said, you know, we're, we've moved on to access and we're really not interested in, in uh, chasing after ACCST anymore. It, you know, it's more or less a, a dead technology for them. So um, anyhow, that's been a lot of fun. Um, uh, again, not something for the faint of heart, but you know the funny thing is i never thought i was going to be a technical support company <laughs> i wanted to have a hobby shop <laughs> right <laughs> so sorry if you guys stuck me if you stuck through all that thank you <laughs> no no man you're good that's, and that's I'll, I'll trust me at, at times we just want to pull our hair out it, you know it, it can be annoying when you're tied really close to a manufacturer and they they want to do different things it it you know it drags us along too, some, to some extent, but we're always fighting for our customer base. We know there's thousands and thousands of, of uh, ACCST users out there. That, you know, all those transes, all those X9s and X9Ds and pluses. And um, we've, we've carried parts for those as long as we possibly can. Only now can I not get parts. And it's, it's, it's to the point where, you know, nobody's trying to fix an old X9D anymore. So we, we, you know, our sales just dropped to zero. It's like, okay, we don't need to, 
uh, make any more of those. Well, that's um, where you're wrong. Sir. Well, here's the deal with that, dude. I have well, the old X90, the X90 Plus and the 2019s, those are more new. Yeah. Yeah. Well, dude, I've got like a 20, uh, dude, when did I buy that thing? 2017, somewhere around in there. Dude, I have spilt a full freaking beer into this thing. Took it apart, yeah. cleaned it up. It still works great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, dude, and it's crazy. And then that's, that's the radio I fly most of my expensive shit on. Yeah, you beer's know, probably less it. less damaging than a soda. <laughs> right. Well, man, it sat there. I was like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> using I'm not using yeah, I'm not using that for a while. I set it aside and use my QX7. And then uh I pulled it all apart and cleaned it up one day. Dude, the the screen is like stained with like you got a water stain running through it. And I think oh, it looks yeah. custom. It's custom now, it's way cool. Yeah, we, can, we still have the uh, LCDs for those. Well, right. is nah. it a plus? Is it a plus or a yeah, X9 D plus. Oh yeah, we got we got screens for them still. I so wanted a rock. <laughs> I so wanted a rock monster forever. I wanted to buy that radio, like the the custom one or whatever, and I never got around oh, to yeah. doing it. They're oh, they're yeah, gone yeah. now. Uh, we still probably have some things kicking around, <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna Speak- we're gonna talk off air. Yeah. Speaking of which, how in the world do you guys have a GWS F fifteen listed? <laughs> <laughs> uh well until just about two weeks ago we had slow sticks too um <laughs> wow uh we reached out to gws um i loved gws um they used to have a <laughs> warehouse down uh, not that far from us and i would drive they would have a sale like once a year i would drive down in my little my little car and I talked to all my flying buddies. What do you guys want? These are great prices. And we had yeah. so much fun with all those, G- all those GDWS, the little white foamy things. Those were so yeah. good. That's what, um, I, that's what I learned to fly with. And I, I, I had several of them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had just come back. I mean, I, it's like, I don't even know how I'm going to drive home. <laughs> how can I shift? <laughs> but um, yeah, we had so much fun with all those, man. PT-17s and the Tiger Mats. Uh-huh. Any, anyhow, I reached out to uh, GWS. Uh, I had to track them down a little bit. They're kind of pretty much gone. Um, yeah. More or less, the, the short version is uh, the uh, the father of the family was uh, was the, the brains behind GWS. Okay. And um, I guess he passed away. And then there was a fight over the assets uh, between um, Taiwan is where the family is. And then the, most of the manufacturing was in China and they, they had some kind of dispute. Uh, okay. A lot of the molds were just destroyed during that. Um, oh, you know, man. Yeah. Um, so they can still make slow sticks. Uh, so we brought in a container, of slow sticks, a 40 foot container. Uh, it took us a while to go through those. <laughs> um we just sold the last ones a, a week or two ago we, we it's funny we thought we'd already sold out we, we found a, a little stash we'd made a table we, we had so many at one time we were making offices out of them <laughs> and we had made walls and stuff anyhow we, we found a little stash of them in a the corner and it's like hey we can sell this um we had so much fun with those slow sticks but anyhow the f-15s were from that same era we got the gws props you know everybody clones wow. those. we actually had the originals um um they're still around uh, they're rather limited on the stuff that's producible um okay. i always like their props you know for the small planes for park flyers i love their props yeah. because it wouldn't destroy your motor yeah you know, if, 
you hit something, they bent or broke, but they didn't absolutely didn't bend up your motor shaft and things. But uh, uh, so anyhow, yeah, we still have some F-15s. Nobody buys them. They're great. <laughs> they're, they're, I'll tell you what, for a, especially for an entry level ducted fan, and that thing comes with brushless motors in it and everything. Um, that plane is stupid easy to fly. <laughs> um, you do have to balance the impeller on them. They're not always great. Uh, yeah. I've, you yeah. just do that with a little bit of tape. You just move the tape until you find the sweet spot. Um, you'll know when, when you hit the sweet spot. It just comes alive. But um, there's no point in putting more power in it. We've seen so <laughs> many people. And it's like, ah, I put a, you know $200 worth of ducted fans in here. Does it go any faster? No. No. Yep. <laughs> I, I did that with the A-10, the GWS A-10. Yeah, yeah. It, it didn't make a difference. It was no, just fine. The plane just gets heavier and breaks bigger. Um, yep. Yeah, I just keep all the GWS stuff super light and you will have a blast. Yep, uh, I agree with that. But yeah, we had so much fun with, with slow sticks and we were donating them to people in combat and all kinds of stuff. We we had a list of just stupid things you could do with slow sticks that we wanted to accomplish. <laughs> you know, I wanted to, I wanted to make one control line. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, we made canards out of them we made biplanes we made triplanes motorplanes nice. high wing low wing you name it we had so much fun with those things i um, i i learned to fly with the e-starter do you remember that one the gws e-starter yeah. yeah i learned, learned I, dude, to fly i love my e-starter yeah, I, I, me too i had two i had it on I... floats and it was it was <laughs> if you converted it over to brushless oh my god that thing was so nice it would fly they, forever. They, it was easy to fly. <laughs> yeah. I was going to bring those in. The, the molds are gone. The Formosa. Oh. I love the Formosas. Molds I never got in. that one. Wow. Uh, that, that was kind of like their little baby pattern. It was so much fun. Yep. I, I would just My, go up. Because I, 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 I was a glider guy. And I had a Formosa right. when I was just converting over to electric. And I would just take off, do a loop, and land. And all in one <laughs> circle. <laughs> And I just do that, burn on an entire battery pack doing the loops. <laughs> my uh, my second e-starter, I actually cut the wing in half when I was building it and took all the dihedral out of it and then glued a okay. carbon fiber arrow shaft in it as a support. Yeah. Yeah. And that thing was so much fun. It was completely aerobatic. You yeah. do whatever you wanted to. It was Absolutely. Wonderful. Amazing. Flying and put, put dual servos on the ailerons. Get rid of those stupid torque tubes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, ah, yeah, those man. are fun. So anyhow, that's how we had. That, that's why we still have. We only have. We're probably down to the last fifty F-15s. I wow. would say we okay. sell one a week, maybe. Okay. So we probably got a year supply. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. All> right. <laughs> Jason like, says, "Must pull the trigger now." Oh yeah. man, I've I, I got too Dude, much. You know stuff. what? There's Very. so much. You, you have to fly them in pairs. They're great. <laughs> they're great formation trainer, something like that. They're so stable. They look really good flying next to each other. Um, but yeah, they're fun. I don't know. Uh, they're not. If you if you are into fast ducted fans, it's not the animal for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> but they're they're hoot. They look pretty good. They're, I mean, they cheated the wing area and things, but yeah, I, I think the wing is the wing is the worst. The worst part, as far as the the outline, the rest of the airplane actually looks really good. Yeah, and, yeah. and the wing doesn't look bad; it's just bigger. 
Yeah, and it's it's a pretty s- simple, straightforward build too. So, Jason, the, is this a, is this a situation where I buy yours, you build mine? There you go. <laughs> That's uh, a possibility. That's a possibility, yeah. dude. Dude, a GWS airplane. That's like a two night build, <laughs> right? They're easy. Well, hey, <laughs> Paint painting well, is dude, extra. Yeah, that, that two night build turns into a two year thing for me. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, uh, you know what? Just slap that one together. Make it look whatever you want it to look like and have fun right. with it. There's no point in going slow on it. <laughs> so, before we get too much further, I did have a couple more questions related sure. to uh, <clears throat> receivers. Oh, sure. I, I've been sitting here looking through the website. Um, What's the easiest way to determine which receivers are compatible with which transmitters? Do you have like a chart or anything somewhere? And yeah. the reason I say this is I'm looking through, uh, like me not being an FR Sky user, I don't know the history and I don't know all that. Sure. Uh, let's just say, for instance, I want to put a receiver in a 60 inch 3D plane that's going to be electric powered. Mm-hmm. and i need six channels what's your transmitter right so that's my next question is how do i go let's just say i'm uh using the uh tandem uh x20s you know what receiver should i go look at and i would just why? go with one of the archers um if you only need six pwms you can just go with the six channel but that'd probably spring for the eight it's a couple more bucks <laughs> So the Archer, and so that's the access. The Archer yeah. series are all yep. access, right? Yep, yep. So help me understand this. Access now, now if and you had ACC. a really fancy plane, you might want to go over to the Tandem because then you're dual frequency. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask you. So Archer is uh, like a series of receivers, not the protocol. The protocol is access or ACCST. Is that correct? correct. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So you basically to relate this to say Futaba, you have, uh, the, uh, fast or fastest is your protocol and yep. you've got, uh, the, uh, S F H S S is the, yeah, one they, of their yeah, other, they, they, yeah, they have like three. Yeah. Well, four or five actually. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Four, Sorry, I, I, think. I will yeah. say I don't keep track too well. The other yeah. Three, and but. so that's, and it's confusing for I started in spectrum and now fly Futaba. So I'm just trying to understand. And maybe sure. some of our listeners might be in the same boat as me. Uh, so basically the, the two big things you need to know is access and ACC ST are your protocols. Trader. Yeah. So um, basically um, the, the Archer name is kind of my curse. Um we hated that free sky was always just given numbers to stuff. And so I really bugged them to come up with names because people remember names better. Um, and so the Archer line is all access. Um, then the, all the ACCST receivers are all numbers, you know, it's X8R and RX8R and things like that. And they're really confusing. Um, but those are all ACCST. So if you go to our website, we actually break it down to Archer ACCST tandem. Yep. And then we have something called Free Sky Vintage in the long range. Um, those are rare. But uh, you're going to, if you're buying, a, if you have one of the newer radios, 
that has access, I would say just get the access receivers. Uh, they're really nice. They can do over the air updates, all kinds of neat stuff. Um, otherwise they're really, really similar to the ACCST. They just run a different firmware. Okay. Um, um, you're getting typically with the Archer line, you're getting really small footprint, very lightweight footprint. Um, but it has, you know, they're just packed with every feature, um, free sky has to throw at them pretty much. Um, the tandem is the newest thing. So, um, tandem just what they're referring to is dual frequency. So if you get an X18 or X20, uh, radio, those are tandem transmitters. They, they are transmitting at both 900 megahertz and 2.4 gigahertz or either of those one or the other, or, or both at the same time. Um, so you have lots of options with that. Um, so that dual band technology, what we're doing is we're flying off of 2.4 gigahertz for our primary control. And should 2.4 have any contamination, it's going to fall back to 900 megahertz. Um, and some people say, well, why don't you start with 900 megahertz? It, it penetrates so much further. The problem is 900 megahertz cannot support a lot of aircraft at the same time. Um, yeah, you go to a drone race, you won't see a hundred aircraft in the air on 900 megahertz. Um, like, like you do, you can actually do that with 2.4. Um, yeah. So that's, that's why we are using 2.4 as the primary, even though so, 900 is really, really can penetrate a lot more uh, now, distance now, and features. And, and something that may be incorrect, but I, something I did hear the other day was, uh, I believe it's Jetty uses 2.4 primary 900 backup. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the, the statement was the 900 didn't have uh, as good a latency. So it was a lot slower in terms of transmission speed. And that's why it was kind of a backup plan is the 2.4 was the primary and had the low latency and all that. Uh, is that kind yeah, of the case or I, is that not I really so much? I wouldn't put too much bearing on that because um, I, I don't know, you know. I'll just say, I don't know much about Jetty. Um, I, will, I will say it's a redundant option i don't care about latency at that point i care about my plane not crashing well and um, that's that was kind of the thought process of yeah why and, and 2.4 was, that has, was uh, almost any system that has really long range um, um when you start looking at like the elrs systems and such where they're um doing laura um you you're giving up latency for range in some cases i mean some of these systems can go out you know just miles you know well well beyond our line of sight um the the tandem in my opinion i'm, I'm not a drone guy i'm not an fpv guy um i'm interested in line of sight um what we are seeing more and more like uh, we have a local thermal field uh, up near sacramento and their 2.4 is really starting to get polluted. They're starting to have more and more problems. Now, part of that is the thermal guys tend to have a lot of carbon fiber in their aircraft, which is not very friendly to 2.4 gigahertz or any megahertz <laughs> or gigahertz. Um, 
but they also have what seems to be a concentrated beam of 2.4 data coming right across their flying field. Um, and like spectrum guys, just they cross that beam, they fall out of the sky. Um, the free sky guys started developing problems, which is kind of unheard of. And we're, we're starting to hear more and more reports of people that just can't even hardly fly at fields um, because the RF um, noise really seems to be picking up in everywhere. Uh, some of these places are rural. They're not like downtown Chicago or something. Um, it's 2.4 is just used for everything. And then, you know, we've got, you know, all of our cell phone stuff. And I, I don't know if that stuff's bleeding over or what, but it's definitely becoming more of a problem where we were super safe on 2.4. That does seem to be coming to light that it's more and more of a concern. Um, I think you'll see more companies probably taking on 900 megahertz in the near future. So do you think it'll always remain as a 2.4 as a primary and 900 as like a backup plan, so to speak? Yeah. Um, now, if you look at the FPV guys, the drone guys, uh, especially the long range guys, um, they typically are flying only 900 megahertz. Um, and keep in mind, I'm no expert on this field. They'll probably be rolling their eyes at me, but um, 900 is, is a different animal. It does not behave the same way as 2.4. The bandwidth isn't the same. And one of the problems is, oh, I'm having range problems. Let me pump up the power. Well, you pump up the power that just gives the guy next to you more issues. Um, and again, because there's not that huge bandwidth, it, it just can't support as many aircraft anyhow. Um, I think, uh, I want to say after nine, you're really starting to get sketchy. So, I mean, how many guys fly at your field on a good day? Not um, even close to 90. Oh, no, nine. Right. Nine. Nine. Oh, oh at a, at a <laughs> <Single> given, <digit. laughs> okay. At a given time though, I mean, I would say nine is a transmitters stretch. in the, in the pits and everything else. Yeah. I could see that. Did, being you, an did issue. you guys fly in 72 megahertz days? Briefly. Oh yeah. I did. Yeah. I mean, how many of us got shot down? Everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, Bob over there in the pits forgot and turned on or he forgot to turn off. Um, well, I flew slope and there's a guy, there's another slope site that was about a mile away. And all of a sudden we get enough altitude and the, the other guy would just shoot us down. And it's like, this sucks. I, I often wondered though, how many people dumb thumbed it and blamed it on their radio, but. Well, that's the thing you never knew. You never knew <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Um, we, we, yeah. I, I always love pilots that never take the blame for their crashes. Right. Um, before so you get off of that, to, I fly FR Sky. <laughs> Interesting side note. I saw <laughs> yeah. a post from Futaba. Uh, they're testing some dual band stuff too. Yeah, now, I, I, I think they have to. I think it's only um, Futaba, Japan Futaba has a rock solid RF system for 2.4. They really do. Um, but I think they're running into the same same challenge. They're they're seeing this added noise concern yeah yeah i think you're right so and that makes me wonder 
what do you think in terms of 5.8? I really don't know much about 5.8, honestly, so I I couldn't even go there for you. Um, 900 is really new to me, honestly. Okay, and and that's fine. I I don't know anything about 5.8 either. Uh, It was just a question as – I, you know, I don't do think we, you're going to see 5.8 because I don't think it's a legal frequency in the EU. It's uh, it's a they they have a different spectrum space, and that's that's why you see 2.4 and 900 ish, because um, in uh, in the EU they don't use 900 they use 866 but it's close enough that you can use the same setup. Um, I think it's 866, um, but that I I think you're not. Anybody bringing out a radio today has to be global. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're a high-tech dealer, as and I love talking to the high-tech guys. And they were developing a new transmitter. They got to the point of prototyping and things. And they came up with what it was going to cost to actually push it into market. And they ran that up, up the corporate ladder, and they said, can't do it. Um, hmm. We continue selling their receivers. I, uh, you know, for the for the for the radios, the, the minimas and maximas and all that. Um, went to order more a while back, and they're like, "We're completely out of the transmitter game now. Receivers, everything." So, um, oh. yeah. So you know, another another biggies out of the, the market. It, it's I'm sad. I loved my high techs back in the day. Yeah. yeah. Um, I. You know, it's funny. People like, wow, you say good things about other brands. I, it's, it, yeah. I, I had great fun with high tech. I had great fun with my Futabas. Not so much with my Spectrums. Well, <laughs> comp- yeah. Competition breeds innovation. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, all those, and hey, I, I don't mean to diss Spectrum. They are an amazing company, and Horizon does an amazing technical support. And they've, they're, I love their programming. It's very accessible to people. I mean, they've done a lot of amazing things, and their warranty service and everything else. So, they, I, I don't mean to poo-poo on anybody. Um, my hats off to them. That is a hard act to do, and they've done it decade after decade. Right. Well, what they've done is they've successfully paired the entry-level aircraft and the spectrum transmitters together in the yeah. ready-to-fly packages. And Oh, you can, you can stay in spectrum stuff forever, or I'll say Horizon family forever. Yeah, but they have, they've really made it – they have made it the easiest for someone to walk into a hobby town USA in you name yeah. it, city, America, and – go buy a, a, an airplane yeah. you go home you read the manual in an hour you've got the plane put together yeah. you read the manual you charge the battery and you go out into your guard or your field or your local field you yeah. know local rc club park whatever it may be and your chances of success are pretty decent oh yeah and yeah. so that's where they have really capitalized uh tremendously i feel like fr sky and a lot of their planes honestly really fly good. Yes, they do. And, and for me, uh, I got into the hobby right before the drones really got big and the yeah. multi rotors, you yeah. know, and, and 
maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the multi rotors have uh, fell off in popularity over the last oh, huge. two three huge. years. Huge. Um, but I think uh, Free Sky really hit that market well, and then that market it, they've kind of bled over into the the plane market too. Um, and it's yeah. very fortunate for Free Sky. Um, I guess my challenge is, and you know, I know I could read through your forum. But my challenge has been uh, what kind of what do I need? If I want to do this, what do I need? And then part of it, too, has been a bias. And uh, I, I'm certainly guilty of that. There's a bias in that, okay, I've got a $4,000 giant scale gas plane. Mm-hmm. And the there's a multitude of places that this plane can fail. and. Yes as Americans, we kind of have this perception of quality that I get what I pay for. And so, and and I think that that's where Futaba has been successful because Futaba is generally expensive. Uh, When when they started, they were free sky. They were the cheap competitor to craft. You're correct. And, And but my point is that, and I, and you know where I'm going with this is that yeah, the yeah, perception yeah. is yeah, that, yeah. It, do you trust this other stuff? Yeah. And so, yeah. uh, it, it was actually really interesting to hear, uh, Johnny bring this up last weekend because here's a guy that I've known for a few years, uh, n- not well, but I've known of him and he flew an 18 MZ and I'm thinking, okay, that's an expensive radio. And so to see him with, a an X 20 S in his hand and his, his quotes, you know, his reasoning was, he's like, man, these things are really popular in Europe. He's like, guys are flying these on turbines. If oh, they yeah. trust them, they're, they're gotta be okay. And well, not, said, not only are they flying turbines, but because of the rapid development, you see some really amazing stuff in terms of just getting all the telemetry for your turbine right on your screen. Yeah. Um, not just from the free sky ecosystem. There's people developing stuff third party, which is great to see. Well, and the other thing that he, you know, as further what I was getting at is he said that Futaba is not, he said they're really behind the curve on development and coming out with new things. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I could see so, that. I think, I think maybe they have a little bit different approach at it and it's kind of like, well, this works. It's not broke. Um, uh, we don't need to fix it maybe. And I just don't know really fully what their reasoning behind it is, but FR sky or free sky certainly seems to be the leader in, uh, current development. And they're they're able to pivot quick. Um, the interesting thing, um, so the person behind ethos, the operating system, there's a team there, but it's really one person. And he's the person I said, I basically told Free Sky they're stupid if they don't hurry up and get them on payroll. Um, and luckily they listened. Yay. Um, but he was <laughs> the head of OpenTX. And he came to us uh, kind of back channel um, and said, I understand you have some kind of dream of what this new operating system that can be. Um, 
give me some clues. And that was great. I mean, we, we're not programmers, um, but we said, what would you do if you had a clean slate to make a transmitter easy? Um, my goal was not for it to be powerful anymore. That's the funny thing is I wanted to take power out of it from OpenTX. I wanted it to be usable. I wanted grandpa and his granddaughter just to be able to turn the thing on, do a little bit of programming as easy as possible and go fly. Because we, I selling OpenTX stuff, I never had that radio. I wanted something stupid easy. I wanted, I wanted that you know, spectrum experience for our, our customers. And so we, we drew up some stuff and we, we, we even gave them pictures and stuff of, you know, we, we did these little stick drawings <laughs> of what we thought the programming environment might be like. And he ran with that. And then the free sky team that was working with them, um, they, they, they refused to do some of the stuff that I was really wanting to see. And I remember being kind of upset. It's like, oh, crap, they're making a mess out of it. And what they actually contributed was great. And so what we have in Ethos is not what I wanted because what I wanted was just something that would do 75% of what everybody wants to do. Because that extra 25% was just unnecessarily complex in my mind. You're just adding complexity to the environment and you know they all came up bertrand the the head programmer i mean i can't take he is amazing but he really managed to mix these different inputs and really come up with something and you have all the flexibility of OpenTX, but the ease of operation of uh, you know spectrum or futaba or whatever i, I can't even say futaba because they're kind of complex to use it <laughs> yeah um, well, I've well, never used a, a Jetty. I've never used some of the other brands. I don't. I couldn't talk about those. Uh, old Airtronics. Some of the old Airtronics were amazing. Yep. Um, so anyhow. So as a you know, I started out with Spectrum, and to me, it, the operating system was very, very user friendly and easy to understand. Uh, yeah. Going to Fataba was a little bit of a learning curve. Yeah. But again, I was a, It wasn't that bad. I mean, it was a few days and and I could certainly navigate the radio and, and make it work. Now, now uh, if you needed to do landing gear door sequencing or something like that, is that doable? Well, that falls into that 25% for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that's and, where I would always fall apart in Futaba programming. I was just flying gliders is yeah. I always ran into these. Uh, nope, that doesn't work. And you, you, you had to, you do the same exact mix, but you just had to change the order in which the mix lines appeared and suddenly it worked. It's like, thanks. Well, and so if I were flying potentially more complex aircraft, I could really see where you're getting at. Um, and so for me, FR sky was frustrating and I'm not, I'm not really messed with them much, but, uh, we've mentioned our buddy, uh, James, James. and, uh, Man, I can't tell you how many times we would be trying to set up an FR sky with like an aura, like a flex airplane. Yeah. And I would say, like, okay, I need it to do this. Well, we can do it this way, or we can do it this way. And yeah, finally, yeah. it's like, just make it work. 
<laughs> and I got I don't need the dissertation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and I'll be honest, there was a time at which it was at an event, and we were I was trying to help this guy with his airplane, and I got really frustrated because I'm thinking, dude, if this were a Spectrum or Futaba, we would have flown this airplane, yeah, and recharge the battery and be flying it again. Like, yeah. can we just get this over with? Cause I'm over it. Yeah. And you know, and we're talking theory of like, Oh, we could do it this way. Or we could do it this way. And it's like, I'm, I'm over that. Let's make yeah. it work. Yeah. And so that's kind of where maybe this ethos is going to bridge the gap for someone yeah, that yeah. it's like, I just want it to work. And uh, well, you know, what's funny is we made, sh- I, I, we, we have some, uh, high-level dealers there's four of us around the country around the world um and we really bug freeze guys when you release ethos we want a full freaking manual and they released a little before the manual is ready and we're giving them all kinds of shit it's like no you can't do this again don't do this to us and um it turns out almost nobody uses the ethos manual because it is that easy to use um yeah that's the greatest thing i can say about it I've had people call us and just say, oh my God, this is actually great. Um, That's good I, mean, I, I don't mean to make make it super great or anything, but anyhow, let's talk about something else. That's good okay. to hear yeah. though, that it, that it has been simplified that much, honestly. Well, that, yeah. that is, I, I will say that's super refreshing for me yeah. Yeah. to hear that because the, the open TX, I was, I mean, that's why I give Casey shit about it. And I'm like, I'm, oh, not, yeah, in, it's I'm not interested, but with the first uh, time I ever looked at open TX or it was even before open TX, uh, Ersky nine X or whatever. And I was just like, I can't even figure out how to get into a menu. Yeah. Oh, yeah they don't have menus. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's like, dude, yeah, I appreciate it. It's powerful. I can do all, you know, they're like, Oh, I can do anything with it. I'm not limited. I'm like, okay. Uh, make those flaps go up and down. <laughs> When I, when I hit that switch, uh, it's like okay, yeah. cool. That's all I needed it to do. That's, That's all, all I had to do. Yeah, <laughs> gonna make the motor turn. Yeah, exactly. It's like let's make that work. Okay, cool. Yeah. Let's go fly. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's something that I've talked about with guys with Futaba. Um, I'm kind of at this point now. I don't really care what brand radio you fly. Just yeah. find something that works well for you. And yeah. I have come to the conclusion for me personally, that ergonomics matter more than everything. Right. Ergonomics is really important. Absolutely. And so then the reason for that is, is I really finally sat down and thought to myself, how much time do I truly spend programming a radio? And if I've got aircraft that I intend to keep for a long period of time, which are most of my aircraft, I'm going to spend probably a few hours in the beginning of the ownership of that aircraft, setting it up. Yeah. And, and I say a few hours on the long end. Yeah. Uh, from that point on, it's changing models and it's flying. I, I, I usually just copy one that I really love and reset everything on it and go to town. Exactly. Yeah. So programming, you just need to know how to program it well enough to get it to do what you want it to do. Yeah. But then for the rest of that transmitter's life, it needs, or the rest of that plane, like it needs to be a well-fitting radio. Um, you know, so for me, uh, gimbal adjustments, gimbal smoothness, 
which is something I've heard really good things about with Tyrannus. Yeah, Frisco's got some Frisco. really good ones. Yeah, yep. the, the Ethos radios, definitely. And so I think that's starting to matter more. And I'm not sure that I'm alone in that. I think that's probably a lot of people's mindsets. Um, you know, they want good switch placements. They want to, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know. Uh, you should, you know what? Give me a shout. Let's get an X20 in your hand or an X18. Yeah. Uh, just oh. so you can feel it. Oh, I've seen an X20S. I, 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 I looked at it? it really close yesterday. No, I didn't get to hold it. I didn't. Hold well, it. I didn't ask. Um, you know, what you should do is just have somebody grab a bunch of different people's transmitters. You, you're blindfolded and just feel them. Yeah. See which one you like the most. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, blind test. That, that comes back to I was an IX20 user and uh, I ultimately sold it. And the IX20 is an excellent radio. It's very easy to use. It has a ton of capability. Um, it, it's who, who a makes, great. Is that a Spectrum? That's the Spectrum flagship is the IX20. Okay. Okay. Um, it was a great radio. There was, but it didn't fit my hands. It didn't fit yeah. the way I like to hold the radio. It didn't fit yeah. the way, you know, maybe if you pinch, you might like it. Yeah. There's a multitude of ways, you know, um, it just didn't fit me. Jason yeah. has it. He loves it. It works great yeah. for him. So, and I hold it yeah. the same way you do. <laughs> you, you, you know what? Go, go on eBay and look for the old multiplex radios. Like I think the um, cockpit and uh, what was the other one? Profile or something. Grab one of those. You can probably pick it up for 50 bucks or something. Those, these are old radios. They had the most amazing ergonomics ever. And then open the radio up and check it out and see how, I mean, they, they, they had a little storage spot for an Allen key so you could adjust the gimbals and stuff in there. It just, those I think were some of the nicest, they didn't necessarily look great, but oh my God, the ergonomics were through the roof, the switch alignments and everything. Everything was where it needed to be. Thing was so yeah. perfect. Programming yeah. is horrible, but. I forget there's a radio um, that I've heard even Kike talk about and I can't recall what it was, but it's a radio that's going to be 25 years old at this point in time, maybe 20. Uh, but they kind of still compare radios to that one. And I don't yeah. remember if it was like one yeah. of the, uh, like the Fataba 10 CAP or I don't remember what it was. Yeah, those are me. Um, no, that, See, and that's the thing is not many people had multiplex in the U S it was, no. you know, definitely a I, European radio. I've seen one person use a multiplex ever. And now he's yeah. a JR user. Um, okay. So that's yeah, actually you know, Tanner another Curtis. Great, that's another great brand that's gone. JR. Man, one uh, of our jet guys. Well, they're Brett sort of uses, around, I guess. Uh, uh, JR is huge. They're, they're coming back. Yeah. yeah. Uh, really? Oh yeah. JR is yeah, huge yeah. here. Yeah. Okay. Huh. The JR has, uh, so we, uh, we know our few of us have met June, uh, and Tomohisa, the owners of JR. Um, and those guys have dumped a lot of money into their team. Good. There's a okay. lot of team guys around, uh, I'll have to check it out see what they got. So I think it depends on what circle oh, yeah, I used you're to be running a JR in. dealer way back when. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. I think it depends on what circle you're in. So like with the, with the 3d guys, uh, JR is making a huge comeback in my mind. Uh, I just see tons of their team guys at every event I go to. 
yeah. and that's one area that FR Sky really hasn't. Free they don't Sky have a, does. Or they free do Sky. Not, they don't sponsor. Well, and not only that, but they don't have a foothold in the 3D world. There's uh, only a few guys a out huge, here. There's a lot of people that fly 3D with them. I mean, they, every, everybody flies everything with Free Sky. Um, in the glider area, I think Free Sky probably has the strongest uh, market sector. Um, you know, our world's team um, for DLG and juniors team and all that, they're all running X flights of all things. But um, uh, we, anyhow, sorry. Uh, gosh, why are we still talking radios? <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I mean, yeah, we can definitely shift okay, gears. You know we, I, I'm going to have to come back and we'll, we'll do one on gliders or something. Okay. <laughs> well, we started out wanting to talk about the single stick and we've kind of barely hit on it, but I'm certainly in on a single stick. I'm, I'm going to do it. I, I actually, uh, Casey and I, uh, got a laser here a few months ago. And one of the yep. things that, that really stood out to me is that you guys are laser cutting this thing. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to, before I put it together, I want to laser engrave it. Oh, sure. Or send yeah. us a logo. We'll, we'll engrave it for you. You got to be really, uh, you might want to have us, eng- well, unless you really want to engrave. I'll tell you what, if you if you screw up your engraving, just let us know. We'll send you brand new uh, wood. Um, we're running really thin wood on the front. So you got to be really careful engraving the depth. Otherwise, okay. you get into the inner core of the plywood and it looks like crap. Okay. Yeah, we'll just go real low power. Yeah. Play around with it. Don't you love the yeah, laser? The lasers are awesome. It's so much fun. I want to talk more about gliders, though, honestly. <laughs> Let's bring it on. <laughs> Here it comes, Casey's glider. So, what I, what, yep. so for the non, for everybody else that's, uh, every, so Casey's the, the glider guy? Oh, yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, so the, for the other three of you guys, what's your longest flight? Uh, probably 45 to 48 minutes. I'm going to say my longest was, uh, 24. Uh, I'm probably pushing the 40, 45 minute, but it was, uh, a wing flying off of a side of a cliff. How about you, Casey? Man. So I can't attribute it all to being my flight because we just kept passing the transmitter back and forth and never landed it. But I would say probably 45 minutes to an hour. Oh, okay. Um, Because you guys are, you know, not that much around gliders. But one of the things that I I love about glider flying, uh, especially slope, is I got unlimited time to fly usually. Right. Um, Especially over here on the West Coast, we're kind of spoiled. But, but, you know, Utah, Colorado, wherever. that's the thing. I, I love taking power guys. They, by the way, if you guys are ever out near us, let us know. We'll take you out to the, we'll, we'll get you some planes in your hands and get you flying some uh, slope. Well, uh, we um, have one of the best slope sites are in, in the world, in my opinion. Casey's already, Casey's already planning his trip, I'm sure. Yeah. We're kind of close to San Francisco. If you got a layover in San, SFO or something, give us a shout. Well, that was going to be my question is where are you guys located at actually? Yeah, we're about uh, 45 minutes outside of San Francisco. Okay. Easy enough. Central, Central California. Uh, yeah. 
help help me sway Clay a little bit because I've been trying to get this guy to go glide. Dude, yeah. I'm like, hey, we're going sloping. Let's go. He's like, man, I really don't feel like driving that far today. I'm like, man, <laughs> thing brother, that... you have to experience this. He's never flown. I mean, I'm sure he's flown gliders and things like that. And you got to give him something decent to float. Give him something decent to fly. Don't have some e-conversion or something. No, um, no, no. Yeah. Um, but the thing, like, I, I love taking power pilots out to slope, and we call it planting the evil seed because once they go, they're usually hooked. Um, right. Is, uh, like, one of my pilots, he's a big, he's flown nothing but electric, and we took him out um, to an event. Uh, and it was his first time he ever flew slope was at an event and he was just all giddy and you know towards the end of the day we're having dinner it's like jaron what did you uh you know what's what's your takeaway he goes dude i flew all day (laughs) i didn't have to land (laughs) right on one and and he got so many hours in the air you know you know, he's a kid. He, he just loves, 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 loves flying. He's not a kid, but he's younger than me. Um, but uh, I, I love that. It, it's, it's, you just see the child come out and everybody the first time they slope fly. They, they typically our slope sites are really pretty places. So it's a place you don't mind going to anyhow. Um, hopefully you have a nice cool breeze blowing on you rather than sitting out on a hot field. But the flying can be just incredible. And what you can do, um, you know, uh, I was talking to one of the guys today. It's like, what should I talk to about these guys? He's like, you need to explain the difference between a glider and a power plane in terms of mass. Is when we're building a slope glider, we really, we rarely worry about weight. If I'm building an electric or gas plane, I'm always worried about weight. I'm always going to try to keep them light. They always fly better light. Gliders fly better heavy when they're slow. Yes. Not thermal, but slow. Um, we've, we keep a glider. It's, it's a, a PSS plane, if you're familiar. They're kind of like a slope scale. So they can be, you know, B-52 or F-15, whatever. And these things will oftentimes be just massively heavy. I loved keeping one around the shop because whenever we had a power guy, I'd come, I'd have him pick up the plane and they're just like, oh my God, you fly this? You go, well, it doesn't have ballast in it because we'll add another pound, two pounds, three pounds of ballast to it, uh, depending on what the conditions are. And that that's one of the great, I don't know, sorry, I get all excited. Um, no, no, do it. Oh, we love the excitement. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to take you guys. Get your asses out here and let's go flying. Um it's so much fun to bring power guys to a good slope. There's a lot of bad slopes out there. There's blah, 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 but you get a good slope and I give you a a half decent plane. You are going to be a kid in a candy store. Yeah, Um, I agree. And you just just fly all day long. Um, That's the amazing thing. And you can fly slope all kinds of places. Uh, I remember years ago, there was a guy that was, he uh, was driving cross country for whatever reason. And his goal was to slope fly everywhere he stopped. And so he is flying off the sides of Walmarts and off of overpasses, off of parked cars. Cause he had, you know, some super lightweight little uh, gliders that could get away with 
micro lift. Right. Um, so you can do dream, that. dream flight ahi, by the way. Yeah, something like an ahi yeah, or those a, are great. a, a yeah. lula. Yeah, hard to go wrong with. Um, right. But um, and then you know the the other spectrum instead of going with micro stuff. I mean, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the the dynamic. Excuse me, the dynamic soaring, the DSing. Oh yeah, oh That's yeah, insane, yeah. insane. <laughs> so you know we're lucky to work with uh, well i have relationships with all three of the there's three pilots yeah three pilots that have gone over 500 miles per hour with an rc <laughs> hobby plane they're all dsers two of them are here in california and the other one's in new zealand um <laughs> and they, the funny thing is they don't really like to draw attention to it right now because they're afraid of being shut down for liability reasons. Right. Because needless to say, they're all an ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's crazy. I'll tell you what, two, of those, two are... of those guys have really big budgets. One of those guys has an extremely small budget. So, But I'll tell you what, those guys are – anybody who's flown over 300 – is already an amazing pilot in my opinion. I've never seen anybody that can fly fast and not be an amazing pilot. Right. Um, and these guys are just a whole different level. Um, well, man, you have to attribute it to that, you know, um, the fastest planes in RC period don't even have a motor. Yeah, no motor. Um, I mean, it, it, you know, it's the fastest thing RC that's not military right so um but it's it's really rare for somebody to go with those kind of speeds uh it's rare for anybody to go over 300 in the hobby period i don't care what your power source is yeah i'll tell you right now with the with the limited things that i have i guarantee you i have surpassed 150 miles an hour and it's like that was so fast that was crazy yeah you know well, the funny thing is, you guys flying the big scale stuff, you're probably, most of you are probably breaking 150 if you, if right. you have a pretty quick scale plane. Uh, they don't look as fast because they're big. I, I was shocked. I, I had some little fast, little warm liner glider thing. And and we, this is when radar guns started first coming out. And we like, everybody thought mine was the fastest thing in our field. It turned out some like 60 size P51 Mustang was like 20 miles an hour faster than mine. Right. <laughs> and it didn't look fast right <laughs> well here's the thing uh, at a slope you take that p51 mustang and you keep the motor off of it and everything like that you spec that sucker out and just tip it yeah. down nose yeah. first and come flying by yourself dude it's yeah. way over 150 yeah you know, you know another great thing about slope flying is in most cases there's no club right um, there's really no rules per se i mean you respect it you take care of it you clean it uh you don't want to give anybody any reason for us to get thrown out um um, but you're not flying above you most of the time you might be flying i mean it's not unheard of for us to hit our wingtip on our transmitter antenna um back in the day when we had those big long silver things on our transmitters we always broke those things Right. Um, that's how close we fly we're flying at eye yeah. level uh, we're flying at speed um, especially at our slope we have here 
you're only time you're flying slow is when you're landing. Um, yeah. So we're we're always over 100 miles an hour kind of stuff, depending on you know if you have a capable aircraft. Um, and it's right in front of you. It's it's a whole different experience. Um, and I think that's really like when I go to fly, especially if I go to a a, um, a big club field and you know gas or whatever. I, for me, I hate. Uh, do do your fields have the rule of you know you're always going to fly in the pattern this direction? If you're going to do an aerobatic, you got to call it out. Uh, do you guys do that at your fields? I mean, we have Not. people try. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we try. We piss, we piss those people off really good. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, and there's always like some curmudgeon at the field that comes over and yells at you. Um, oh yeah, yeah. We're out here ruining um, the hobby. <laughs> well, it, they're trying. They're trying to protect it. Also, I mean, I understand yeah. both sides. Um, yeah, absolutely. But what I love when I fly slope is almost all slope sites around here don't have those limitations. Yeah. Right. And, and we do have midairs because of it, because we're going every which way. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, kind of like helicopters and stuff, I would say, you know, we, we have a fraction of the pilots we used to have uh, flying slope. Um, we, we have a nice little resurgence going on right here, but I think that's a lot because of the, the networking and, and, and um, that our, our locals have. Um, even though it, as, I don't want to make it sound like it's a, it's a solo hobby, but in certain parts of the country, you might be the only glider guy in the state, it seems like. Right. Well, um, man, and, mean, and, and it's not much fun to fly by yourself. It's a lot more fun to fly with someone else and be touching their wingtips and stuff. Absolutely. And man, like, like here, you know, Oklahoma, I mean, this is not known for anything yeah. glider, slope soaring, anything like that. I mean, dude, we live in a pretty flat ass state. I mean, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. And so the places that we're going are things that, you know, we've researched and found like, okay, these guys are hang gliding off this these guys are paragliding off of this. And man, what's really fly. cool about that. Yeah, yeah. We could fly it, but man, what we want is we want like those 20 to 30 mile an hour winds where these guys are wanting like the 10 mile an hour winds. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, so, yeah. so when you start, when they start drop, dropping out, cause they're scared, that's, that's when it's right, waking right. up for us. Right. But and, with that said, I, I also love light lift too. I call it slurmal. So it's kind of a slope thermal. But, right. Um, well, what's really cool is fun. we can like kind of coexist with these guys. So when we show up to the site, oh, dude, yeah. they haven't ever, they never seen anything like this. And they're like, well, you know how thermals work, right? They're trying to explain all this stuff to us. We're like, <laughs> yeah, we got it. I mean, I, I kind of understand. We're trying to be nice and not be dickheads yeah, yeah. about anything, you yeah. know? And then, you know, 10 or 20 minutes into it, you guys kind of know what you're doing. So what's the lift like over there? Can you can you send it out over there? Absolutely. You know, yeah. so we're we're basically reading the skies for, for these guys, you know? And, and by the end of the day, they were like, dude, I really appreciate you guys coming out. Dude, these oh, guys cool. are buying gliders. Cool. These guys are buying gliders, buying gliders online. Yeah, that's something to do cool while we're waiting on winds to be right. Like, yeah, it's really. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Because they're because they're well, they're pilots, right? So they're like, oh well, this is going to be way easy compared to this. And I'm like, yeah, it's way easy. You can do it. No, no sweat. You know, which I want to be there when they fly because they're going to fly it themselves and like waste it. But, 
but I mean, dude, it was, it was, it was totally good. And I mean, it was one of those things that, man, you just got to be cool about everything, you know, because they think that, man, we're man flight. This is so much more important than what you, you know what? And you're, I get it. But, you know, by the end of it, those guys are there to have fun too. Well, yeah, Uh, I I will say, I I do not love flying when there's humans in the air. I'm right. I don't want to ruin their day. <laughs> no, no, I want to be down, and that's and that's what was cool about the site that we go to it's is usually that, lots of space. Uh, yeah, right. And and you know, it was like these guys are setting up hang gliders or paramotors or whatever they're doing, and I'm like, hey, when you guys get ready, let me know. I'm out of the sky. I'm done. You yeah. know, uh, and you know, they did the yours. same thing as you. They drove for hours to get there and all that stuff too. Absolutely. And man, I mean, really for Oklahoma, this is a premier site. Like, dude, there's a guy up from uh, uh, somewhere in Texas. He goes, man, I've been to Colorado all over the place. And this is the closest site that is the best that it could be. So, I mean, for Oklahoma, we have found the echelon of, you know, sites for as far as slope soaring. And man, it's not like I got a bunch of experience in it. Dude, I've been flying off like lake dams or you know, whatever elevation that there was at the wind. Cause I mean, in Oklahoma, you, the winds are either out of the South or the North. So you yeah. got to find a, a spot that kind of hit those. Oh yeah. And uh, just finding yeah, anything we can to, to, to do some stuff. And one yeah. of my good buddies that passed and, away. And you get man, to know he, weather patterns really well and things like that too. Absolutely. But he was, man, me and him were really big onto it. And then uh, one of my other buddies, kind of hit me up and said hey we need to do this for lance and i'm like absolutely and we went out and checked it out and i'm man i've only been out there three or four times but dude it's epic yeah. it's amazing uh, so so one of the neat little tricks is what i like because i can never find i don't really love weather reporting it's like oh is there gonna be wind i'm gonna drive for three hours see right. if you can find a webcam somewhere around that site right webcam tells me more than any weather station prediction will be well, man, I want to know, is there some wind blowing? Is it raining? Is it foggy? Anything like that? I mean, you don't have that in Oklahoma so much, but. Um, right. Well, luckily there's an airfield that's really close. That's actually a weather station. So oh, that place is, it's within like eight miles. Yeah, so dude, helps. we can, we can tell before we go out there and we know too, because man, like the uh, paramotor guys or the, the, the hang glider guys, they want uh, lower wind situations. Well, we dude, I don't even want to go out if it's not plus 20, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these guys want to be in the 10 to 15 range. And so, you got the sickness good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, way sickness, dude. Way sickness. <laughs> I dude, I'm addicted. I try to convert everybody and I get oh, that's dumb. You um, got a bunch of cats. You, guys should you got go a bunch of cats, don't you? Go like, go no. with them. It sounds like he's got some good stuff for you to play with. <laughs> well, he doesn't tell me stuff. when he is going. <laughs> yeah. I don't that's even if you, all you that's got is a, a crappy EPP foam wing or something, that you're still gonna have fun. Dude, oh, how, well, dude. oh my god, you guys want to talk fun combat. Yes, slope that's combat, what we used right, to best. do. We used to do slope combat with the wings. Yeah. And that was always a blast. But but I love how how uh Casey's still mad about the cat comment. We've been giving him crap for a month. <laughs> oh dude. I don't even own a cat. All these other dudes have cats. I don't know why I get shit for it. I, don't I had a buddy that lived out here on the west coast and he was moving to nebraska for work and he sold off all the slope gliders i'm going to nebraska man all they got is corn and he got out yeah. there he couldn't hardly find anyone to fly power with or anything he was kind of miserable and then he started looking around and he found there's a hill about 30 minutes away it turns out he had better slope lift than he had out here on the west coast 
Like, wow. I don't know. He started buying up planes again. Uh, so yeah, well, Wayne, know. I guarantee, I guarantee you, I'm planning a trip. I man, I'm going to use the resources. I'm going to hit you up. We're going to have a good time. Absolutely, it's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that's the great thing about this hobby. Everybody's the same. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of idiots here and there, but don't, we don't let them bother us, right? <laughs> well, um, I'm a, I'm well, I'm an idiot, Wayne. Just letting you know. Oh no, you know I don't mean that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I like to call them the curmudgeons. There's always right. that, that well, grump, I'm, grumpy person for no reason. F-O-G. I'm definitely not a yeah, the fogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, we I'm, should be out there having fun flying. It shouldn't be driving us nuts. Um, I'm definitely it, more of the camp. If that sounds like a horrible idea, let's give that a shot. <laughs> uh, you know. Do we still got time? I don't know. How are we doing? Oh, yeah, we yeah, do. man. We're at about okay. uh, almost two and a half <laughs> hours, but it, it's all good. You're good. Yeah, we got um, 30-ish minutes. One, one of my things I really like to push for, and th- this is community building, um, and I, I would love to challenge you guys to doing something that we started down in SoCal, and then when I came up here, we started up here. Uh, it's, it's just something really simple. It's what we call just build nights is pick a day, maybe once a month and invite some of your really local pilots to your garage or shop, whatever you got. And just say, we're going to build some stuff, fix some stuff, paint some stuff, whatever. Even if you just get together and shoot the shit, just have a schedule, you know, after work, Thursday night, whatever. Um, we, this has been the best community builder for the hobby I have ever seen. And I have learned so many skills, um, at the office. I mean, I have such a great crew of employees. Um, we all stay on a Friday night. This is how big a nerds we are, I guess, and work on our planes. Um, and we have a great time. We get some pizza and, and, hang out and um, some of our customers stop by and, and hang out with us. And it's just a great way to encourage each other, just to make a little progress. It's, yeah. it's gotta be in your local area. So if don't invite people that are in our way, they're just going to get burned out on it. Um, I, heard local a, area. I heard accountability partner <laughs> is what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you guys kind of have it with the podcast, I think, because you, you, right. at the start of your podcast, you're sitting there, what did you guys do this week? Yeah. Um, so, week, month, how often do you guys do these? Well, we try, we try to week. do it every, yeah, we try to do it every week. <laughs> but cool. we have a lot of events going on right now, so oh, some sure. weeks it's a little bit harder, um, like last week. Dude, I'm blown away with how many events you guys have. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you, I'm, I'm serious, that is a, you guys are putting together events. B, you guys are attending events. Um, well, some of us. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. This fall, you know, for really for the busy. guys out on the podcast that are listening, if you've never gone to an event, just go. If you can drag one of your flying buddies along, it, it'll make it a lot easier. But just go yeah, to I, your first event; you will love it. I just heard Wayne is coming to our event in October, man. You gonna fly out here from? Uh, yeah, <laughs> go. we, I got an event in October that we're hosting, so I can't. <laughs> okay, all right. I'll give you a pass on this one. 
if I'm ever next time I'm in Oklahoma, I'm looking you guys up. Please That's do. Right. Absolutely. He said next time. Or I'm Texas. Guy, you guys, yeah, you guys, guys ever sport. get out to Muleshoe? Oh yes. yeah, my ex-wife was from Muleshoe actually. So oh. I, yeah, I've spent a I got spent a good amount of time out there. Yeah. I've never been there, but yeah. I got family there. Ah, uh, so it's, a, it's, a, it's yeah. a desolate area. I'll give you that. just keep on driving going to so many so many people in texas i don't care where they're from it's like yeah i got family in mule shoe oh no kidding yeah Yeah. it's like you know mule shoe (laughs) yeah yeah just keep on driving go over to cloudcroft you know trust just trust me (laughs) but yeah i'm I'm thinking this guy's 45 minutes from san fran he ain't coming to oklahoma (laughs) yeah a little long drive (laughs) yeah um <laughs> but uh anyhow I, I i i would love to challenge the listeners and stuff you know even if you only got one guy that you sort of do some things with locally just try to start up a build night and yeah, i like if that. nothing else you'll you'll get you'll keep your planes in better shape you're gonna learn even even from just one other person you're gonna learn some techniques and tricks and and it could really save you time and trouble or there might be steps you absolutely hate, but the other guy's like, yeah, I'll do that if you do this on mine. It's, it's kind of absolutely. fun. I um, like fiberglassing, but I hate doing coating or covering. I don't <laughs> mind fiberglassing. I hate sanding. <laughs> right. But yeah. Um, but I, even to this day, we've, I've been doing these things for years and I still learn stuff. Uh, I, I, you know, the day we stop learning is the start the day we start dying, right? Yeah, um, right. But it well, really man, is good for the community. It, it's amazing that you will grow pilots. Not more, more importantly, you, you grow some pilots, but you don't lose existing pilots. Um, and eventually you, you seem to kind of bring back old pilots that have kind of given out. Um, I've seen it man, time the best- and time again. Everywhere we've done these, it, it just keeps growing. Yeah, the best way I can put that, Eric Clapton, probably one of the best guitarists of all time. He's not sitting in his freaking mansion and going, man, I'm the best guitar player of all time. No, that guy's still honing his craft, you know? Yeah, going out and playing with other guys and learning and loving it. and Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, or, you know, the events, the same kind of thing. The events can be great community builders. Like, I, 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 I was hearing you guys talking in some of the other casts just about, you know, keeping i don't know attracting new people keeping interest up um all that and it really is i always come back to community you got to have the community Um, right and if you're if you're like a lot of people are on forums or facebook or whatever um some of those places can get really sour sometimes right you know if it's getting sour if if it's not inviting if it's not um supporting what you're doing get the hell out of there there's other places to go uh or better yet turn off the computer go out and fly (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know for me i've i've always used flying to kind of reset my my clock um gets me ready to go back to work um oh man i try to explain it to other people and it's one of those things that uh, man it's almost like psychologically therapeutic because yeah dude 
for that five or 10 or 30 minutes glider guys, you know, in the air, man, the only <laughs> thing you're thinking about is like controlling this aircraft and getting it down safely and everything like that. You're not thinking about the BS that you have to deal with on Monday or maybe you got yeah. family issues going on at home. You're not thinking about any of that. You're, 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 you're very, very center and focused on yeah. the task at hand. So it, it's totally yeah. a mind clearing exercise. Yeah, it really, for me, it is. I mean, I, I know I've got the aviation bug as a kid and, you know, I was a little hanger rep on my bicycle going to that local airport and things, but uh, right. I've seen a lot of people that are not aviation nuts. They get the same kind of enjoyment out of it. They get that, that mental reset. Uh, I don't know. You know, it, it's kind of funny because in some ways owning the hobby shop, that has drained some of that for me. Uh, so sometimes I do take a leave of absence and I don't, yeah, I used to fly every weekend, uh, run out to the slopes. You couldn't keep me away. Um, I, I sometimes just kind of have to get away from it because I'm immersed in it five, five, six days a week. Um, right. but I still, I still love it. I still get so much out of it. Um, yeah, I've gone back to Oshkosh a couple of times. That's, that's great fun. Um, have any of you guys gone to Oshkosh? I wish. Yeah, yeah I've wanted to, yeah. never made it. Do do it next summer. Just put it on the bucket list. Make it happen. It's hey, they actually have some really good 3D pilots that fly at night there. Um, but um, there's not a whole lot of RC stuff there. But oh my god, just you're immersed in all these other people that have the same freaking love of aviation you'll be crammed into some horrible school bus going between your campsite <laughs> and the main field or going out to the water area um it, you know it's 98 degrees and it's 98 percent humidity everybody's sweating and you know whatever and you have these most amazing conversations because you're sitting next to some guy that that flew in vietnam and this guy over here he, he's yeah they all got hmm. It's just amazing. amazing. Story. Every yeah. conversation there, short of food, is good. <laughs> right. Which, man, um, me and Clay uh, had the opportunity. And it's just to eye candy. To, oh, yeah. Me and Clay had the opportunity to go to uh, High Sierra last year, which, man, that's a Kevin Quinn oh, yeah. event where they do, you know, stole drags and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. And, man, if you went to amazing. High Sierra, you weren't that far from us. <laughs> right. So, sort of. I mean, dude, that, that was one of those deals that was absolutely amazing, which, I really think that if we weren't putting on our event, there was a week before their event, I would be there oh. again this year, but I can't, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I just can't make that happen. But did, uh, did, did, did I, you get did, the dust? Oh yeah. We absolutely. Got all, of dust the dust. Everywhere. <laughs> all of the dust. Yeah. Never seen dust like that in my life. Dust. Yeah. It, it's kind of the burning man for aviation. Yeah. Yeah. It, it absolutely was. And it was weird. Cause I mean, we're, we're like RC guys and we're showing up in this, deal that's all um you know like full-scale aviation but oh, brother yeah. we were welcomed with open arms dude we're hanging out with oh, yeah. like some some of the elite of aviation and dude we were like yeah right there in the click you know we i never once was i did i feel alienated or anything like that dude like hey let's go do this all right that sounds like a great idea you know i yeah, mean I, dude it was amazing we were welcomed with open arms you know my my first year at oshkosh i was mark i was talking to mark Patey, and that was uh or mike Patey before he um had built up um 
Well, yeah, Scrappy or Draco? The Draco, before Draco. Draco, yeah. And he had his uh, Lancer. That was just freaking amazing. And nobody amazing. knew him yet. And right. but I, we knew him because he used to run We Rock in the off-road uh, uh, category. It, it was a rock crawling competition. Um, right. But uh, you know, just chatting with him, it's like, man, this guy's really nice. And now, now he's yeah. like Mr. Superstar. I, I don't even think I want to talk to him now. Right. <laughs> but, but he's actually just what you see. He's super, super nice guy. But everybody oh, yeah. at Oshkosh is that way. There's just very, very little ego. Um, right. Well, it's and, it's a love of aviation that brings everybody together, and it, it, it you've is. got a small part in it. There. They're interested in your part, and they want to tell you their story too. It's it's, it's amazing. Aviation, as a, you know, like as a, as a backbone of everything, um, man. Which yeah. I flew full full scale as a kid. Uh, my dad's owned a couple of aircraft. Yep. Everything I've ever yeah. been involved in, as far as aviation, it's like it's like a brotherhood. Yeah. Once you look to the skies, you you don't. You, that's all you long for, and everybody's in the same category, and yeah. you oh, share yeah. that deal yeah. i yeah. mean welcome welcome with open arms yeah yeah totally so it's funny that you say that in that way casey because i knew a guy that would uh he worked at airport operations at uh houston international and somewhere along the way he met john travolta you know he's a well-known celebrity yeah. pilot yeah and he said as soon as he started talking about airplanes he's like this guy you know, it wasn't this like, Hey, I'm rich and famous mentality. It was a hundred percent like, Oh, you like airplanes too. Let's talk about airplanes. And he was right. instantly like, Hey, come check out my plane. What, you know, and he's like, the only thing is you had to take your shoes off to go inside of his airplane. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, that's cool. I mean, he wants to keep it clean. Not a problem with that. Yep. And, uh, you know, but you know, here's this guy that owns a seven thirty seven or 27 or whatever it is i think it's a 27 but 07 707 07 yeah you know but he's just a normal everyday guy when it comes yeah. once the planes got mentioned you know so right yeah it definitely yeah. bridges the gap i mean there, there's there's some definitely egos that kick in that full scale i mean you, you see it even in the modeling sometimes but oshkosh it's pretty damn rare um I don't know. I, I, I've always loved just going to an airport because it's just this relaxing place to me. I don't know why. Well, right. I mean, like Casey's talking about it out at High Sierra. We were hanging around with guys that like not fly, a commercial airport. Sorry. Yeah, we're flying like you know, hanging out with guys that fly a U two in the Air Force. Guys that climbed yeah. Mount Everest. Yeah, um, yeah you know, Red Bull team. Uh, freaking uh, parachutists or pilots or whatever, dude. It was like, well, the dudes that lost their tickets, the guys that bailed out of an airplane to go jump in another one. We met those guys. Yeah. Right. You know, and they're just, just normal it, people. Yeah. It's normal not any, everyday it's, dudes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But it's so yeah, crazy. Yeah. Like they'll, it's like, as long as you have the airplanes, you're good. <laughs> yeah. I will yeah, say it, that, it that's, was that's one of the things I've always enjoyed about kind of rc also especially in slope is you know you can have you know two guys standing on either side of you flying and if you don't know them <clears throat> you have no idea which one has a million dollars and which one has eight dollars right 
the guy with eight dollars might have a really nice plane the guy with a million dollars might have a piece of junk there's no rhyme or reason on economy in a lot of situations i i I think when you get into the big gas stuff that probably falls apart but um but yeah i've always found i mean well man when you get into full-scale aviation you're surrounded by money unfortunately right um I've struggled. I've wanted to get my private so many times and I just keep coming away saying it's just too much money. Um, I'm a hobby shop owner. I don't make a lot of money. <laughs> right. But it's not obtainable. That, that's what's really cool about it. It's not unobtainable because I know that you know somebody that's got a you know, full-scale freaking airplane and stuff like that. You, yeah. Dude, you can hit them that's up, get go log some much. hours. Yep, pay some gas. You know what I'm uh, saying? My, you log those hours to get there. My my granddad uh, passed away in an airplane. Right. So I mean, the the access is there. It's just how bad do you want it? Yeah. I, and I I'm a big proponent for if you want something bad enough, you're gonna get there. But yeah. how bad do you want it? You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, I could make it happen. Um, it's just I I. I always thought of RC as kind of a stepping ground into full scale. And I'll say only in the last five years or so have I realized that, no, this is actually my end game. I love this. This is right. what I, you know, okay. Could I go in? Could I get, could I fly full scale? I, I have a glass star right here in my garage. If you know what that right. is. Right. Oh uh, yeah. Want to buy a kit? Um, no, not, not yet. I was almost <laughs> there and I, and I backed out. Yeah. Um, yeah, I should have done that. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, yeah, it seemed like God wanted me to have a plane. But, um, uh, you know, I realized, you know, it's going to cost me another, you know, to do it properly, another $70,000, $80,000 just to get that plane airborne. You right. know, that's um, probably not going to happen. I mean, I could make but, it happen, but. But well, at that point, break, it's just so expensive to even operate versus what I can well, do with the hobby and get the same enjoyment. Well, if you could break it down in a perspective of, so it's going to take 70 grand to get this thing going and that's 10 grand a year. So in seven years, I could be flying. How, <laughs> how achievable is that? Going? Yeah, but I you could also just hop in a, a Cessna 150 tomorrow. <laughs> right. No, no um, I totally But I don't I really totally want to fly agree. a Cessna 150. Right. <laughs> Um, that's, oh, you, you guys it. are talking about John Travolta. My buddy just texted me as he's an airline pilot. Uh, he's the guy that takes me to, to Oshkosh. Uh, yeah. But um, he, before he was an airline pilot, he was doing charter. And uh, when they're, he, they were the um, pilot, they flew a King Air. They're the pilot for Tom Cruise during the filming of Top Gun, the, the second one. And um tom cruise was they said he said the nicest guy you'll ever meet and he'd always shake their hands and thank them for a wonderful flight and everything like that and the funny thing is tom cruise if it was good weather he'd fly his mustang he's got a p51d and he'd fly it right to the set they still had to follow him in case weather turned down or maintenance came up on the mustang or something so they got paid either way Anyhow, I just thought I'd share that story. He, he's saying he's the nicest guy you'll meet. Yeah. 
Yeah. So yeah, man, he's got this air, the aura of being kind of a dick, supposedly, but apparently not. Right. Hmm. Well, maybe you just I mean, need to be his pilot. Yeah, there's maybe so you should be, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Aviation bridges all gaps. Hey, and the funny <laughs> thing is, he got into aviation because of Top Gun. He didn't fly before that. Yep. Right. Right. And he he found the love and really got he's he's just as hooked as anyone else. So. Well, I'm telling you, once you get a taste of this shit, you're not going to go anywhere else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's just it gets it gets born into you or yeah. whatever you want to call it. You know, it's just it's a part of you at that point. Once once you take to the skies, brother, you're not thinking about anything else. And I'm yeah. I'm I am firm in that. Now, I'm a lazy ass bastard. I don't work on my shit to get stuff going, but <laughs> Dude, dude, I've gotten to a point, and dude, my nickname is Hobo Casey because I'll show up, and somebody will be like, "Hey, you want to fly this?" Absolutely, I do. <laughs> yeah. <Thanks. laughs> so, so I don't. I, it's gotten to a point where I don't even have to show up with an airplane. It's just, it just happens, you know. Uh, I'll wake up in the morning. It's like I think I'm gonna go to the electric field today. Yeah, I better start right. charging batteries in the car. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. Which, man, before we get off here, I do want to ask you a couple of questions. Um, so I've been really interested in a DLG and I know before you change, before you changed the website, there were, there were several that you had, I can't remember the name brand on them, but they were, they were more like a, a plug and fly situation. Um, yeah, we've had a number of ARFs. I think you're thinking of probably the progress and things like 1500 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was a competition level ARF. Uh, I'm going to say that again, competition level ARF. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's not a good trainer for your DLG. Um, right. So if you, go on our, if you go on our website, like we have the long shot. It's like, yeah, three, 400 bucks. I think it's 400 bucks. Uh, that's a great trainer. It's actually going to be a little bit heavier, but a lot stronger. It, it will take right. some abuse. You're going, to, you're going to be landing on the tail and stuff like that. A competition grade DLG, you don't want to be abusing. And right. it's funny, I've talked more people out of that plane. And people, <laughs> don't you want to make that sale? It's like, I'd love to make the sale, but I, I'd rather you be happy. You know, right. buy something else. Buy something. You, honestly, uh, Casey, buy something used. Go to RC groups or something, check in the, the classifieds. Get well, something man, that's definitely... not tore up right. and costs, you know, it has a fair, decent deal. Um, start with that because you're going to tear up your first DLG. Right. Which dude, I absolutely totally agree with you, which I'm not like some kind of top pilot, but I feel like I'm accomplished enough to be able to handle that. Yeah. But it's not something that I've built before. And I kind of want, want something that's more ready to go so I can experience everything. And if I were to mess it up, I'm going to be able to learn as I go. Um, yeah. because man, one, one of the things with DLGs that kind of puts me off is, uh, so like, uh, on the rudder or the elevator, or whatever, you got springs on that stuff and it's all yeah. run by yeah. string and it's yeah. kind of a yeah. pull pull system. I've never set anything like that up before. So I'm more right. geared towards something. And again, if, already... if you buy a used one, it's already done for you. Right. Um, which the yeah. problem is, is you get on RC groups and these guys don't want to ship shit, you know? <laughs> I'm in Oklahoma, uh, deal, deal, California. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I know. Trust me. Right. Every every see for you. Every time you want to buy something, it's in California. Every time I want to buy something, it's in Oklahoma. 
Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, we need to work local. something out because that yeah. will help you out. We'll figure out a way. Yeah, yeah. 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 you got to have like a train that goes between the two places. Um, Absolutely. Hey, can you drop this off? Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to drop it off the Greyhound bus station, pick it up in a couple of weeks. You know? <laughs> yeah. There's a, the, the, I think there's a lot of DLG out of Florida also. Right. Um, they don't, they which don't may not have been to Florida. I spent so much time in Florida. Where the hell are you flying freaking shit like that? You know what I'm saying? Well, DLG, I mean, which, which a DLG, great thing yes, but, but you ain't sloping in freaking Florida, you know? Uh, <laughs> they have a slope. Not, well, <laughs> you know not, anything, not anything worth a shit. <laughs> it's, it's the highest. I think it's the highest point in Florida. It's it's a garbage dump, an old garbage dump. Right, that's exactly. What and they get a nice. They, apparently, they get pretty good slope off it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, again, you once you know how to slope, you can kind of slope anywhere. the right plane just about anywhere. Right. Is you know, as long as there's some wind. Uh, the other thing you do. Um, do any of you have any of you guys done electric glider? Oh, yes. yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Okay. Um, there's some amazing thermal gliders these days um, that are just nuts. Um, I'm amazed at some of the stuff they're building. I'm not, I'm not so much a thermal guy. Um, when you learn how to fly on slope, thermal is really hard. To discipline yourself mm. to learn <laughs> i would agree with it's like that. wait i have to go hunting <laughs> yeah yeah no, with I the right setup it, though with the right setup though it's not bad it's, it's actually really fun i mean yeah yeah tooling around with one hand just guiding the airplane to thermal yeah. is actually pretty relaxing uh, it's funny our little electric field that's over here has just booming thermals it, it's it's like cheating um i've flown a slow stick you guys are kind of familiar with that power off for 30 minutes yeah <laughs> because we just had this booming thermal sitting over our field it's just like this is ridiculous and I, it's like how long can i fly it so um, well, you you asked us about our longest flights earlier yeah. and that's actually uh like i said i had a 45 or 48 minute flight but it was with yeah. one of the first b52s i built which was using the the oh, wings sweet. from a, a walmart glider oh yeah, um, yeah yeah i just trimmed yeah. them to the right shape and uh, it had a little gear GWS uh, gearbox in the tail with a HiMax brushless motor oh, and a, uh, a three cell 2200 milliamp pack. But I mean, this thing would cruise it around. It probably couldn't all hardly day. climb, but it would fly all day, right? It would fly all day. And you yeah. take it up, you find a thermal too, and you, you, you can cut off the motor and glide for five or six minutes. Just, yeah, just and flying it's around really... on thermal. It, and it's the first time you catch a thermal when you're especially like a dlg or a hand launch when you throw on a, a glider with no motor and you hook that first thermal it's like holy crap that is awesome <laughs> um but i mean you know i was going to kind of touch on that again um the funny thing is when i i could fly slope for hours at a time you know, your limits, how long the battery lasts in the transmitter or receiver usually. But right. the funny thing is I find I can fly for yeah, 10 or 15 minutes anyhow. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> that's kind of, you're you're ready for the next mental challenge at that point. And yeah, usually what I yeah, do is yeah. I, I land, switch planes, go throughout again. Um, you know, 
slope planes are kind of like golf clubs. They're, you know, each one does something a little different, I guess. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I, you know, I don't, I didn't mean to sound like, yeah, everybody flies for eight hours. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You really don't. It, it's so funny because almost, almost everybody flies for like 15 minutes or so, uh, 10, 15 minutes and, and, and they land. Um, it, it's so funny. We'll have people built, you know, something like your B-52, you know, they've spent years on it and they, they have their maiden flight and they, they fly around. They're pretty satisfied. There's a couple things they want to change. And then they're going to land it. And some of our slopes, you know, you're, you're risking damage <laughs> at certain slopes when you land. And it's like, dude, keep flying. <laughs> Why are you landing already? Like, no, I'm, I'm right. kind of spent. I, I need to relax now. I'm, you know, because it's a maiden flight. I mean, yeah. How long? How often do you even use up your battery or your fuel tank on a maiden flight? Because you are nervous. You're 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 mentally getting drained faster. Um, anyway, sorry. I don't know why I went just happy the thing <clears throat> you're just happy the thing flies yeah exactly yeah. Well, man, well, well, and you're so nervous going into it when, it, when it's something you really really invested in uh, yep. time money whatever both um there's things that you did that are experimental you're not so sure about <laughs> right <laughs> it's like is this gonna work am i gonna embarrass myself well, man, one of the last last slope-soaring events that I went to, me and a buddy of mine went up to, uh, which it's Mount Scott here, which, uh -huh. dude, it's, it's not a mountain, but it's the tallest elevation in Oklahoma. And, dude, there is nowhere to land, dude. It's rocks everywhere. Oh, yeah, and it's yeah, like yeah. A, It's like a tourist site, so there's people everywhere. Um, it's actually a state park, so you probably shouldn't be flying there. But um, Until they chase you out. <laughs> right, exactly. So it was one of those deals, and it was me and a buddy of mine that went up, and, uh, dude, we passed that transmitter back and forth for probably 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, he, he's a little bit more of an accomplished pilot than I am. I was like, well, here's the deal. There ain't nowhere to land this thing. Bring it in. I'll grab it. Dude, we couldn't, oh, even, cool. get, we, yeah, no. we couldn't even get it to that point, dude. He ended up railing yeah. a freaking rock. But, no, uh, <laughs> no, no, totally. But, yeah, there's definitely that. those sites, trust yeah. me. Uh, yeah. I'll tell he you did. what, whatever you have is better than what they have in Arizona. That's the worst. But, man, it was one of those things. He railed a rock, dude. I mean, it wasn't any big deal to fix it. I brought it home, yeah. and with yeah. some CA in 10 minutes, I'm ready to rock that thing again. And, yeah. and so the plane that I use for all of our testing to go to these sites is a uh, – man, what is that thing? It is a uh, Great Plains Kunai, right? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, electric, uh, yeah, warm liner yeah. thingy. So, dude, I mean – I. The, the spinner's still on it. The motor's still in it for weight. No prop. Um, okay. <laughs> you know, but, dude, that thing has been, dude, it's it's a destructible animal. We have beat that thing up, and that's like our test bed for any site. We just throw yeah. that thing off, and if, if it works, then everything's going to work. Yeah, and I've yeah. got a brand new one sitting in a box for that one when that one meets its demise, but I've always been able to fix it. So hey, if you're, you're going to fly there a lot. Get, look into some of the EPP uh, PSS stuff or something like that. There's a ton of EPP right. stuff. You can't, that shit's going to last 10 years minimum. And then you which just man, what, go back and rebuild it and get another 10 years out of it. Right. Which one of the things that I found that's awesome, man, it's a 1600 millimeter. It's a Phoenix uh, 1600 S or whatever it is. So it's got a blow molded, molded. Oh, one of the, the, the ARF Chinese things. Yeah. 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 It's a uh, man, but made by Volantex, I believe. 
dude so i've got a two meter i've got um the 2400 millimeter i've got the 1600 millimeter dude yeah. that's like one of the greatest gliders that i've ever had dude and they're like a hundred bucks you know if you <laughs> find them on sale you gotta wait around oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you find them on sale they're like a hundred bucks dude and that's yeah. it's proven to yeah. be uh, just a yeah. beast now is, is it the best thing on the slope absolutely not nah, but, um, it's fun. but but does it work and could i put that in anybody's hands to experience slope soaring for the first time absolutely you know, yeah, and yeah. worst case scenario, they, they waste it and we spend 10 minutes with some CA and it's ready to go again, there you, you go. know? Yeah. And then, you know, what we do with our higher performance aircraft here is they have flaps and right. we have what, what's called a pro mix. So our, our ailerons yep. are going up to give us drag. Right. Uh, they're sort of a spoiler on effect. Um, right. But our flaps are actually going down a between 45 and 90 degrees um, yep. or they're capable of doing it. We'll say. And then what we're doing there is just mass drag. And so we right. can have this plane. I mean, it's, it's funny, like those, those planes that are doing 500 or, you know, capable of the, the high four hundreds, you'll see them land and you can almost catch them except for right. they're extremely heavy. You don't really want to do that, but they, right. they're, they're basically landing with, in some cases, no ground speed. They kind of hover in. Um, so it, it is amazing what we can do in terms of, uh, as soon as you add, you, at some point we need to get you a good clean air, uh, airframe. Right. Um, you get into a fully molded glider and it's going to blow your mind. We need to get you a Magnus. That'd be a good plan. Dude, Sixty inch. I know. I know exactly. I know flaps. exactly what you're. That's I know exactly you what you're talking about. And oh, dude. you use those flaps. <laughs> that plane can land anywhere. You're not going to hurt it. Um, right. Um, yet you'll have so much fun with that plane. So yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I know, dude. I know exactly what he's talking about too. What's bad? I spend way too much time on your website, brother. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Drop me some yeah. notes. <laughs> Get in the forum. We have fun on the forum. It's a good group of guys there. Uh, man, I'm a lurker, dude. I, I'm not one to be spoken. No, I just kind of read fine. everybody's stuff. You, you know? say that, but here you on a podcast. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's, a it's, it's way easier for me. Dude, I, I speak oh, oh, better oh, than oh. I type. Oh, okay. Understood. <laughs> um, um, I was going to mention... Uh, couple of events that we host um sure and i, I was gonna say you know I, I think you guys are really good at hey you guys are putting together events and but it sounds like you've done a number of our interviews with people that also host events um yeah. you all have a lot of choices of where to buy stuff buy stuff from people that are putting on events buy stuff from absolutely. people that are helping the community um, absolutely there's a lot of just what we call box stuffers. You know, all they do is get stuff in one door and send it out the other door. Um, right. They're not doing anything for the community. Support the guys that are doing stuff for the community. Um, sorry, that's my little pitch. But um, <laughs> if, if, if you all, any of your listeners are in the, in the California area, um, around the first weekend of May, we do a, an event down at Sunset State Beach. Uh, that's uh, pretty much in the middle of California. Uh, we get guys from SoCal, from NorCal. It's a great time. We get people from 
uh, Oregon, Washington, Colorado, uh, Utah, all over the place coming into it. It's a great event. Um, we have anywhere from, we're, we're probably going to have 30 planes in the air at any given time. Um, we've got, I don't know, 60, 80 pilots on a given day. And it's kind of stretched. It used to be just the weekend. It's kind of stretching into a week. But the really great thing is we have a campground right there. And we have a legal flying port right there. The Rangers, I think, would love to sh- close us down. But it's it's been on the books forever. So, um, But that's a great event. That's around the first weekend of May. Uh, you'll see that posted up on RC groups, on Facebook, on our forum. Um, and we really wanted to add another event to the calendar year. So we've got one coming up uh, here in October. It's kind of unofficial this year. So it's the 22nd, 23rd. We're going to a place called Los Banos, which is in the Central Valley. Again, kind of in the middle of the state. And this one's an inland site. We're flying over a lake. Um, can't guarantee we're going to have lift. we we'll never know there. Uh, it's usually good. When it's good, it is epically good. Uh, lift everywhere. Uh, it's easy, easy landings there. Um, the nice thing is, uh, we can also fly power or, or even gas, I believe there, uh, should, should the lift conditions suck. So that's, that's pretty unique. And again, we can camp there. We're going to make that an official event next year. This year is just kind of a impromptu, uh, they don't know where kind of common kind of event, <laughs> the best, the best kind. Remember I said slopes events and we're not really big on uh, rules. Um, <laughs> But that's an, a that's a great event. And that that kind of Los Banos uh, when it's good, you want a big plane because you can really cover some ground there. Um, lots and lots of lift, lots and lots of airspace. It's a really really neat place. No shade whatsoever. <laughs> but, uh, anyhow, sorry, that's my my two bit. Uh, we we also did one up in Mammoth Mountain, which where we were um, flying from ten thousand feet elevation, which was interesting. Oh wow. Um, uh, yeah, I always wanted to do something alpine like, and somebody told me about that. So we set up an event there, and uh, it's interesting. Don't put ballast in your glider when you're flying at 10,000 feet. <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> Bad enough. things happen. Yeah. Uh, we were doing accelerated stalls just flying around empty. It was interesting. Yeah, the um, air, air is so thin, you don't need the ballast. Yeah. And they used to do a race up there, and everybody's like, "Yeah, my best time was there." And don't put ballast in your plane, because the air's that thin. Um, but uh, we just, in case anyone's wondering, we can't do that as an event anymore. It's just we can't get an. Um, it's very limited uh, space on how many vehicles and uh, we can put up there because it's all endangered. Everything land. It's. Uh, basically right on it's more or less on national park land so that okay. one's unfortunate um but anyhow that's, that's kind of interesting playing at different sites different places um um you know for listeners you know get out if if, if you keep flying the same field um which is great please keep it up but don't be afraid to visit some other clubs and things talk to people uh reach out to them um guarantee you'll have fun you'll learn something you'll see different planes and your different mix of pilots it's always fun um, yeah so which um, man i hate to i hate to try to end it here but man we're probably running pretty close oh, yeah, to yeah. on time and man oh, all my done. shit is dying my phone yeah. is dying my airpods <laughs> are dying everything's bad i was gonna say we're pushing right out about three hours so yeah, yeah. we'll probably yeah, ought hey. to 
Feel free to edit out whatever needs to get out. Oh, no. No, no. It'll all go. That's one of the things we do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, there there might be one. Get it down to about 10 minutes. (laughs) 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 Nah, we won't do that. (laughs) Make make us all sound like Mickey Mouse. But, uh, yeah. But definitely. Great fun. Yeah, we appreciate you being on and and taking the time to talk to us and uh, all the information. It's been way cool. Yeah. Anything I can ever help with you guys with, let me know. The uh, all oh, the information yeah. on the free sky stuff that was uh that's interesting to uh see how instrumental you were in some of that and uh the things yeah. that y'all have done what you're coming out with the single stick and that kind of thing yeah yeah we're we're always trying to keep some focus on that stuff um we're definitely trying to move in a different direction now but yeah uh, well, we we will always sell radio gear yeah that's awesome well if uh anybody would uh like to check out uh, what Wayne has got in stock over at Aloft. It is aloftobbies.com. And, yep. uh, and, and I can attest from uh, all my experience, I've never had a bad experience. I've ordered way more stuff than I care to even <laughs> admit. Yeah. Yeah. You not know? going to publicly admit to anything. Huh? Right. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and we're, we're a weird shop. We don't have everything. We are very niche. We do not buy through distributors. Uh, I, I single source everything. Um, so, you know, in turn, you were asking about the aircraft that you, that disappeared when we went to the new website. That's simply because right. we haven't had them back in stock since, you know, right. it, it, uh, May, especially the, we do a lot of higher end aircraft. Um they're hard to get. It, it takes a year, two years sometimes once I place the order. Um, right. I'm just getting some planes in this week, hopefully, that I paid for over a year ago. Oh, wow. Um, wow. So, um, yeah, and that, that's just kind of the, the fun. Um, we have manufacturers in Ukraine. Uh, we're doing a, a job for the U.S. Navy um, that's coming out of Ukraine. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. So, and, and, and U.S. Navy, is, I said, hey, it's, we're dealing with Ukraine here. So just a heads up. We, we know we, we don't have any other choice. So, right. Um, right. But that's, that's um, for a carbon fiber product. It's just fabric. Um, I don't know what the Navy's doing with it, but yay. Um, <laughs> right. But anyhow, it's a small world everywhere. Um, I'll, I'll stop now. I'll keep going. That's <laughs> all good. You're not hurting our feelings. But, yeah, you know, you thank you very very much i really enjoyed this i i hope uh, maybe some some folks uh, listening um will, will maybe branch out and try some different things and you'll definitely consider doing a build night guys um yeah. it's it's really a fantastic thing um, i think that's definitely really something that's on the agenda yeah definitely i've invited idea. these guys over repeatedly they haven't taken me up on it yet you just want <laughs> us to help you finish that b52 i know that's a setup all day so what's your point that's what casey wants to do too we're gonna build his stuff while he well, hey whoever hosts it has to bring the beers right <laughs> okay hey. uh, i can do that i'm all right oh that. so you want me to come over and make it worse gotcha. <laughs> right right but yeah um all right, well, Wayne, we appreciate you taking the time and uh, absolutely. Spending your evening I'm gonna hit you us. up off there, and uh, yeah, you guys definitely uh, hit up Wayne over at Aloft Hobbies. Yeah, give it a uh, shot, man. Go check out their website. Way cool stuff. Yeah, and uh, anybody got anything else? I know we've got a couple of events coming up. Uh, Odessa has their uh, Warbirds over Jets 
and Jets over Pump Jacks, I think it is. Is next weekend. Yep. Sherman IMAC is next weekend. Um, Clay and Superfly coming up October sixth through the ninth. That's our next yep. big one, and Ice House later in October. So, so when you guys go to uh, like an average size event, how many how many people are there? Well, that one, um, like I said, that was at uh, Tyler was. 65 or so pilots um nice ice house last year what was it do you know clay 100? uh it was probably close to 200 i'll say i think i was so wow that's that's amazing 60s i don't know yeah, that that a, that's an event that's been going a long time yeah yep. it's been a few years i would hmm. say our average events are probably more like anywhere from 30 to 50 yeah 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 that's pretty normal yeah um I'm, I That's went to Jets over pilots. Kentucky. Yeah, I went to Jets over Kentucky not this year, but the year before, and they had like 206 pilots flying jets. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So we have something to work forward to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, and you know, like you guys are. It sounds like it's the first event that's coming up for you guys. It is that's what the, it is. Grow, it's the first one there. at that venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, just share with people, share pictures, and get them going for the next year. Right. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, our event keeps growing. The, the sunset thing. It's just uh, amazing. I, I think we're the biggest slope event now on the West Coast. Um, we've. I don't know. I guess we've been doing it on and off for seven years now. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure Casey will be making plans to make it out there. Yeah. Yeah. Hit me up. I want to know sure. dates so I can try to make that. Yeah. yeah, you might even be able to find somebody carpool. Yes, you know, I, I, we got oh, a guy yeah. that comes out from Colorado every year. It's not horribly distant. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's only like 10 hours. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> only. It's better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah, wah. No, no, you guys are like uh, 26 hours, I think, 28 oh. hours from here yeah. to San Fran. Yeah, hey, I call that one day drive when I was. Yeah, that, absolutely, man. We'll just take turns. I'm going to take a nap. You drive. Yeah, right. Dude, I used to have a Suzuki Samurai. I remember driving 24 hours straight in that thing. Oh, yeah. I was tired and mostly deaf. I was going to yeah, say yeah. That'd, be, that'd be a long trip in that. I didn't know one of those things would run for 24 hours straight. Oh, that's The cruise control is just a brick. You sit on the throttle. Yeah. Not, they're not going to make any speed records. Awesome. <laughs> Only go so fast. Yep. Samurai has a gangster, man. They'll make it, dude. So I had so much fun on those things. We went to Moab and all kinds of stuff. Oh, man. It, it, my, okay. My Samurai, just so you know, I had uh, motor swap, transmission swap. Mostly Toyota <laughs> drive, thirty-seven inch tires. Oh, good grief! Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It was a point and yeah. shoot kind of car. <laughs> yeah, that would make you go deaf. Yeah, thirty-seven. Oh, yeah. yeah. It what? actually got quieter when I put the turbo motor in it. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you guys got anything else you want to go over? Man, that's all I've got, man. Hey, hit up Superfly. Be yep, there yep. or be square. Right. Yep. All right. Oh, good name, well, too. You thank guys. you, Wayne. Yeah, thanks, yeah, Wayne. Thank we take, yeah, thanks, Wayne. Really appreciate it. All yeah. right. Take well, care. You guys have a good evening, and we will talk at you next week. Sounds all good. Right. See you, yeah, man. See you. See you.